Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date, Star Trek's edition, Chapter 38, I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. I almost said just welcome to Star Trek. <laughs> I mean... That's the name of the show now. It's be cool Star if that's Trek. how it just started. Welcome, welcome to Star Trek. Welcome to Star Trek, everybody. Huh? Where have the show where we talk about Star Trek. What? <clears throat> how's, it, how's it going? Oh, it's going. It's been so long since we did one of these. I know. It's unfortunate. But I think we're ready to go. I watched all the episodes. I also I'm not making anything up or reading from Memory Alpha as we go along. Oh, I'm I'm winging it forever. The two or three times I tried to like figure out what I wanted to say beforehand, it was terrible. So, so uh, because it finished fifth last week, we are starting this week off with Enterprise. No, that doesn't sound right. Just yeah, look, yeah, check yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's consult Landrew. Uh, no, yeah, it got thirteen points last week. Oh, Catwalk okay. got thirteen points. That's very bad. Okay. Uh, this week we watched Dawn. You're as good as gone, or my name ain't Dawn, and the sun don't shine. I'm telling you straight, I'm laying it on the line. Wow. <laughs> what, what it says both Dawn that? and Sunshine in that. Uh, I'll do it again for you. Thank you. You're as good as gone, or my name ain't Dawn, and the sun don't shine. I'm telling you straight, I'm laying it on the line. Mm. That's, mm, that's so good. I'm going to make you mine. I said I was going to wing it, but then I totally forgot what the episode was. Just like right now, I forgot. So uh, I, I just opened up Memory Alpha, but I'm not going to read from it. These pictures will help. I'll look at the pictures. There you go. Um, so Tucker is um, in the shuttle. He's in the shuttle. And he's working on the autopilot upgrades on the shuttle. And he's chosen this area because it's got a bunch of crazy moons. And it's, good. it's a bunch of gravity. Uh, it's like an obstacle course. Of, of gravity does that make sense yeah but you're taking so long this I'm scene sorry. lasts one minute sorry. well it's the most important scene in the whole thing okay uh hey look some aliens come out and like they snore out of nowhere and they just they sh- they shoot they shoot trip down yeah these aliens i don't like them they're not friendly they're not the friendly kind they come out they shoot him his shuttle goes down onto one of them dang old moons and, um, <clears throat> look, the whole time he's on this planet, right? <laughs> he's on this planet, his ship crashed, uh, turns out the alien, the alien that was after him, he, he'd uncrashed too. Yeah, they're called Arconians. So they're sure. just like the lizard people in Skyrim. And also they are lizard people. They are lizard people, the, Ar- the Arconians. Uh, so anyway, um, <sighs> he's trying to fix, uh, his ship. 
Uh, he's trying to fix the communications on his ship. Is what he's trying to fix? The ship or the communications? He's, the ship is not fixable. So okay. he's going to try and fix the transceiver so that he can get in touch with Enterprise. Because what a surprise. This crazy old moon makes it so that it's really hard to communicate so that this episode could happen. Hey, I'm learning about you that you let your phone make noise, and I'm not yeah, happy I just, about it. I just silenced it right now. It said news for you. This is the important news that I got. When the World Cup becomes the European Championships. Well, that's not news. No, it wasn't even phrased as news. It had two googly eyeballs on it. <laughs> that's bad news. <sighs> anyway, he's trying to fix his transceiver, and this alien that shot him down just won't leave him alone. Just no, he straight. super hates him. This just, alien hates Trip. Just now on foot, just comes up to him and uh, uh, straight captures him. He has heard about Trip, and yeah. he's like, oh no, when this dude is alone in a first contact situation with an alien, he always sexes him. <laughs> I, and I'm like, not that kind of boy. I'm not into it. Yeah. I'm not into it. I'm not going to give it up like that just right away. I don't even know this guy. So anyway, he, he captures Trip and tries to make him fix his communicator. But Trip can't fix his communicator. Because he needs... He needs parts from... He needs to fix them both. He needs to use them both to fix the communicator. Yep. Also, he can't eat the gelatin hockey puck. (laughs) Exactly correct. Yes, just like in the Star Trek episode where Picard has been kidnapped. I think it's called Allegiance. He can't... Just like that Chalmoth guy, he cannot eat. Uh, you remembered he was a Chalmoth. It's not food, bro. That ain't food. Well, yeah, there's the Chalmoth. Your name's all Mizer- means Surrenderer. Is the other guy a Mizarian? He is a Mizarian. Yeah. And then there's that... Uh, the plant. The plant, but she's presenting as Bolian? Mm-hmm, not one of them hair Bolians, which I'm not oh, into. Yeah, what is the deal with that? Don't understand it. Give me not a bald Bolian or nothing. Okay, anyway, back to this thing. Um, uh, then Trip turns the tables on the guy and captures him. But he's like a he's like a nice captor. He don't want to hurt the guy. But he needs him to sit down and shut up while he fixes stuff. Yeah. Anyway, they like learn to communicate with each other in like a half a dozen words in each other's languages. Guy's name is Z- Zokon or something. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about this episode. Um, Look, look, his name is Zokon. You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) Were you looking for for insight from me? It is Zokon. They eventually use bits of both transceivers to make it work, but but guess what? They need to go up on top of the mountain. If they can't get on top of the mountain, then they can't. You have not mentioned the ticking clock in this episode, which is this moon is going to get up to 170 degrees in the daytime. Yeah. so So once the sun comes up, it's all fucking over for these guys. That's why it's called dawn. Yeah, so they gotta get this thing up on top of this mountain before, again, it gets hot on the moon. And also, like, in orbit, um, they're dealing with more of these guys up on their mothership. And they are not nice. And T-Pole mentions that they've never been nice. They're not friendly. They didn't invite the Vulcans in for a housewarming. Yeah, they made first contact with the with these with these old Arco- boys like Arconians. I don't know about ten years before they made first contact with Earth, mm-hmm. and it didn't go. It went worse. It went even worse. It went worse than even Montana is worse yeah. than Montana. It's, in fact, that's what it says in the Vulcan logs. It says it's yeah, worse than Montana. Exactly. It's like they don't just have one whiny Arconian captain who's like, "You held back my daddy's dreams of." <laughs> 
being the first Warp 5 boy, the special yeah. Warp 5 man. Right, right. I can't even wear my Warp 5 patch because you need to get it by the time you're 30. And I could have had it. Anyway. So the Vulcans just don't even hang out with these guys anymore. Yeah, they're not friends. They're not one of the friendly aliens. So they're dealing with that. These guys are like, get the F out of our fucking space. I don't know why I said fucking the second time. I said F the first time. And uh, so that's what uh, uh, Captain Archer's dealing with up there. Anyway, uh, they they uh, bring this thing up on top of that mountain and lay in the sun a bit. I didn't understand why they didn't go to the other side. Yeah, they were right near the peak, and it's Good like, day. once they <laughs> saw where the sun was coming up, why wasn't he like, oh, dang, though, let's be on the other, they just, just like right around the corner in the shade. It'll be right. better there for like... Even if it's just good for another five minutes, I'll take it. They just lay right in the sun for a while, and uh, it looks like they're going to die. Right. Oh, but then uh, Particularly Enterprise, the Arconian guy, because he ain't got no sweats. Yeah, he can't do well, sweat. Trip has determined by, like, eyeballing the guy that he ain't sweating good, so he's worried about him. Whereas uh, it could be that he just, like, doesn't want to roll up his sleeves because he's got embarrassing tattoos. Yeah, or like a lot of arm hair, and he's like, oh, this guy's going to think it it is, sure. it is very, very hot here, but when I was 17, I did get a tattoo of Betty Boop on my arm, and I just don't, like, no one... I don't want to have to dis- like, discuss I don't it wanna, and explain I don't want to go into it and be like, yeah, no, I was into, like, Rockabilly Girls, too. It was a whole thing that I had that I did. I read, uh, a, bu- I read a book, and then I got set off. Like, anyway, set I'm, off. A, I'm, a, I'm a fighter pilot now in space, so... Uh, Enterprise figures out it can beam it can beam up Trip, but it can't beam up the other guy because of techno babble. So they're gonna beam up Trip. But Trip's like, "Nah, this guy is my new best friend. We've only fought fifty times in the episode. Only a hundred punches have been exchanged. We're best friends." They do the, <sighs> and I can't leave my best friend who's laying in the sun. So I'm gonna wait and see if we can get rescued by a dang old shuttle. They do the fucking most hack shit where. They punch each other until they're both too exhausted to keep punching. Yep. And then they're friends. And they're best buds. Best buds for life, actually. This is like some shit that uh, probably people were like, huh. Huh. Oh, well. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I like think they were like done that. in a John Wayne movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is some shit that 50 years ago people were like, huh. <laughs> and with all the good sound effects and everything. A lot of good punching sound effects. Yeah. And then they're punched out. Um, anyway, he's going to lay there with his friend in the sun. They're going to get a little tan and wait for a shuttle to come get him. It's going to have to be an Arconian shuttle. Yeah, it's got to be an Arconian shuttle because the Starfleet shuttles... I don't know. They're not good. Anyway. They're going to take him back to Enterprise anyway because they got Dr. Phlox, the Miracle Man. Yep, then they do, too. They take him to Enterprise and they, they patch Dude up. And now the Universal Translator is going to work, too, because they're up on the ship. And they can talk again, and they have some nice little banter in the sick bay. And I guess that guy's going to go back to his own ship, and they'll never can, see each other again or whatever. Despite the fact that Trip is constantly running into aliens and being the only one around, he d- he wasn't carrying a Universal Translator with him. Nope. No. I guess he just thought he was going to do some autopilot shit in that shuttle. Which does raise the question, did Padma Lakshmi speak English two weeks ago? Because he didn't seem to have a Universal Translator then either. Uh, remember he uh, Hoshi brought one in, and then he was using it on her. Remember he's All like, right. "Keep talking." And but he, he took it words. with him in the fucking ship or whatever. 
Yeah, because they just the kind pod. of forgot about it at that. Point. Yeah, well, he, I think we're supposed to think he took it with him in the pod, but you're right; he's not carrying it around the rest of the episode. When he was like, when he had his shirt off and he was fighting that guy, I don't like. She wasn't <laughs> hold stand back there holding the Universal Translator, yelling into it. No, because uh, that would be really awesome, but no one thought of that on set. Like, no, you got to be holding that. You got to hold it the rest of the episode. We've established careful rules about how this universe works. If they're really smart. They'd have it like uh, utility taped just around their waist or something. Yeah, look, see, the thing The thing is, it makes perfect sense that the rule in Star Trek is don't ask about the Universal Translator. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's never the point. It's Except the in many... the episode Darmok, it is not the fucking point. It's, it's one of the many flaws of Enterprise that they have to deal with it in, like, every episode. Because um, they could have just fucking said, we got so many things from the Vulcans. The Universal Translator, mm-hmm. Transporters. That would have been good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What was this thing about? Uh, sometimes all it takes to turn enemies into friends yep. is <clears throat> like a, a goal or a mutual enemy or fucking any contrived television situation. Some kind of shared <clears throat> trauma. Here's the thing about this. This must be a Star Trek take because this is like the fifth time we've seen it. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like yeah. impossible to say this isn't a Star Trek take when it's they just like... A third of all Star Trek episodes. They just fucking this day. never stop doing it. Yeah. It, but it, it, so there's some problems with it. Okay. Like we also know that it doesn't usually affect things materially in our world on Earth when there's some like minor act of cooperation mm-hmm. between members of politically belligerent states. Like it just doesn't. Nothing really changes. Yeah, it's not like uh, if like a. Uh... A Russian pilot and a U.S. pilot work together. That that would change any relations in any way. Like it absolutely would not. Like maybe those two guys would be like, "Oh, I learned a lot that day," but like no one else did. And and by the way, do you know how you know that? Because you've never heard of one. Yeah. Like there's not a famous incident where it's like uh, the uh, U.S. came to the rescue of some uh, sunken Russian submarine, etc. And then there was peace on. And Earth. then it was peace. And it's like nah. You know, yeah, it doesn't change no, anything. Like, Again. if anything, it'd be a little bit of grandstanding by the party that came to the aid of the other party, and then nothing. Yeah, but Star Trek wants us to think otherwise. Anyway, uh, this is a this is a three for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree um, with all of that because my take was um, shared trauma. Dog again, same as always. Yeah, this is a fucking. They go. We're gonna see. We'll see this many a time. And then in my quick hitters, I have, so what do we got here? Is this the Gorn episode? Is this Galorndon Core? Is this Darmok? Is this one of a million other episodes? This is like definitely uh, Galorndon Core plus Darmok minus the good part where Worf is not going to give his blood to a Romulan. Yeah, yeah, yes, the part that is interesting. Minus the part where uh, Dathan is like putting himself in danger because... He has so been so he's so frustrated about the <laughs> lack of progress that his people and the Federation have made at making contact in the past. And that he's, he's like, listen, it's time to try some new shit. Maybe if we, we got we're going to try a whole new paradigm to try and get to know these people. And he, he gives his life for it. Nah, this dude fucking shot trip down for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then they punched each other 50 times until they were tired. Like a wrestling match. They both laid on the mat for a while. Right. And then, uh, now they're friends, except I guess it is slightly realistic that these guys are like, uh, still get out of our star system, though, by the yeah, way. You still should get leave out right of here. now. 
immediately. So um, yeah, I think of the first time I ever did this take, I gave it a five, and it's down to a four now. And I'm I I don't want to keep punishing every episode, but like Enterprise needs to be punished because they came the last, and we've already seen a million of these. Like, give us something new. Yeah. I mean, I've got it as a four, but a three sounds fine too. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right? Like, can you just can we see something else, please? Be good. Um, I got some execution notes. All right, let's hear it. I don't have a lot to add about the execution of the premise because it's what we see every every time. Um, it's fine. It's exactly as believable or not believable as any other situation. Look, it's it's it's. I a, guess they had to work together because Trip couldn't carry that heavy. Uh, oxygen tank up the mountain or whatever but mm-hmm. like otherwise sure fine um mostly they tell rehash. us by the way they tell us that enterprise and the arconians in orbit work together too yeah. they don't show it but they do tell it yeah they're both searching some planets that's it and like uh the arconians have to help enterprise triangulate the signal right <sighs> <clears throat> go ahead they need to use an Ar- Arcon trip has to give an idea to use an Arconian shuttle to take the guy to flocks. They want to make it super clear mm-hmm. that everybody's working together. Right. Uh, mostly a rehash of old Star Trek plots that shows how patient and tolerate Starfleet dudes are compared to savage aliens. Right. It's always the Starfleet guy who's like, oh, I'm, I don't want to hurt you, buddy. And, and then they got to fight it out at some point. Um, and also they're great at getting people to join in on their um, community building ideals right that seems like that's part of starfleet training even for the engineers or whoever is on a planet with an alien yep um when we start to uh feel the affection between the two of them it feels pretty fake all that don't die on me stuff that was fake that was not earned when he shouted at the alien don't die on me like there should have been something where archer's like listen this is gonna go a lot better up here if we get that guy back alive yeah do you know what i mean yeah. Like uh like how Picard really wants Worf to save that Romulan's life and it's like <laughs> yeah, there could be a fucking war. Worf. Yeah. Could you, you just dipshit? Could you just like could you work with me a little bit Worf on this one? Um still it wasn't the worst enterprise. It at least held my attention a lot of the time. Maybe it's because Trip is one of the better actors on the show. It turns out he is. He's like the only one with even a modicum of charisma. It's not. It's not saying anything good about the show at all. That that is true. Um, I don't know. I gave it a four again. What did you give this thing for execution? Yeah, no, I gave it a four. Um, you're not. You're not wrong about this. Uh, I. I didn't know quite what to say. Like these two idiots beat each other up until they're <laughs> buddies. Like a uh, bunch of Boston Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about the his green hack. line up and downtown. Yeah, yeah. That's about as hack as a princess falling in love with a grease monkey on a shitty bayou planet. But at least it's hack in a different way. Yeah. And I did like that. Um, the writers were willing to leave it as subtext when they were drawing parallels between Vulcan first contact with the Arconians and and humans. Like, they didn't have Archer just shove it in his face. Like, oh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's not us, huh? Maybe it's you. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're the problem. Maybe if my oh, I uh, wonder if you uh, hurt this captain's dad's feelings personally. Yeah. Well, I wonder if they went to uh, weird Arconian jazz clubs. Yeah, I mean that part's true. Though they did still have people say all the stuff about how much better this went than it went between them and the Arconians. Yeah. That so is yes, true. the stuff between between Vulcans and humans was left as subtext, but nothing was sub subtext in terms of 
the other first contact. Anyway. That is true. <clears throat> um, but on the flip side of this is that this is worse than its obvious predecessors, Darmok and the enemy. Yeah. And I'll have so much to say about Darmok. We might have to do... That week, we might have to do in multiple parts where we just first just do Darmok. Yeah. I think that is probably so late that there's no TOS that week. The and Darmok Megapod. We'll just do Darmok and then we'll do the rest because uh, yeah. pe- people love this one. This is the one they do in classrooms and I've got some problems with Darmok. But, is uh, it weird that uh, I'm kind this. of afraid by the time we get to Darmok, we will have said everything already and we'll just that be like, be. look, we've said all this. We've said everything. <laughs> look, you know, I've already talked about Data and Troy. We've been talking and about how they, they for get ninety nine percent of the way to solving the problem, and then just quit. Yep. Uh, on this episode, yeah, uh, Ben is a two for take. Ouch. He says, "Enemy mine again." Uh, you familiar with this movie, Enemy Mine? <sighs> it's only this exact <laughs> plot, and the guy is a lizard man with the exact same makeup. Only because I went to the uh, Exasperus site. I went to the German guy's site, and he brought it up. Uh, and he gives it a two on execution. He says, uh, "He Tucker is an idiot, but is he going after that alien with a lead pipe against a phaser? There's a lot more, but who cares is the rest of it. <laughs> First of all, that is an engineering pipe, yeah, and he is trained in its it. use. They were all trained in engineering. They can pull one right off the fucking guardrail and just smack people with it. So uh, he's a total of four through the top half. He's even lower than we are on this. Yeah, we're, we're a little rosier on that. Um, so I guess let's talk about world building. Okay. I always go so quick through Enterprise. There's nothing we can do. I, I can't. I try to take notes. I just I sit there and I, I zone out. <sighs> uh, so we learn a little bit about uh, other first contact efforts the Vulcans have made. But like really literally a very little bit. Yeah. And uh, these, uh, these Arconians, this is not like a famous Federation race. So... I don't feel like whatever happened between them and the Vulcans is going to end up mattering. Nope, I don't think we will ever see these guys again. Uh, selenium interferes with sensors. Mm-hmm. Don't transport people with sensitive endocrine systems. That's good to know. This is a standard three for me. Oh, wow. That was enough. Okay. Oh, because of the first contact? Yeah, the first contact stuff is <clears throat> stuff. It's actual world building. Let's see. Yeah, I had selenium isotopes in the moon's atmosphere causing comms interference. It seems like a bad place to test anything, then. Yeah. Maybe test something in the place with the good communications. Uh, let's see. The engines were neutralized as well. Uh, attacked by some Arconians. Hey, the Arconians are pretty neat. They can, like, seal wounds with their weird saliva. Yeah, with their cobra hiss. Uh, how come we never seen these dudes before? Where'd they go? I like them. They, they eat chocolate milkshakes for energy, and yeah. they can fucking spit back teen. I'm into it. Yeah. When T-Pole says 170 degrees, she means Fahrenheit, right? I have to assume, although... 170 Celsius would be rough, but they usually use Celsius, They do they? usually, yes. I was confused about what was happening. Because 170C it, would be like... So... So it is possible that they mean Celsius, because when they say that it gets to negative 5 or negative 10 at night, Archer's like, that's not too bad. Which (laughs) is definitely way more true if it's Celsius than Fahrenheit. Yeah, if it's Fahrenheit, it's like... That's actually quite bad. He's gonna need a coat, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, but then they just lay there in the sun for a while. It must have been ramping up. Listen, here's the thing. 
it doesn't matter whether she meant Celsius or Fahrenheit because at the point that she said that, she didn't know what moon he was on. They were looking at a fucking diagram of about eight moons swinging around this planet, and she's what the just hell was like, she talking about? And she has, she's just like, hey, anyway, I looked at these moons. They suck. They're not good moons. Yeah. They're not the good kind. Uh, igneous rock is full of diamagnetic materials and messes with comms. That doesn't sound right. I took geology in college. What is igneous rock? I have always wanted to know, and also I had already given up on the idea that I might ever know. It's one of them rocks. There's like three kinds of rock, right? Yeah. Is it? D- does it have its origins in fire? Mm-hmm. Why is it called igneous? Uh, because. Listen to this fucker Google over here. <laughs> yeah, it's formed from molten magma on the Earth's surface, as I remembered from the geology class I took. Okay. And does it not have diamagnetic materials in it? Doesn't have that. I, I would have remembered that. Yeah, uh, okay. Here's the thing. I didn't get a good grade in that class. Oh, I see. Um, because it, w- it turned out to be one of the most boring classes of all time. It was just rote memorization about like things like that. It was very dull. Um... Well, I'm just saying, like, because then, like, why aren't comms messed up every time people are, like, trying to use comms on Earth, you know? Are they all messed up by the rocks? It's like, oh, we're tuning t- 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 some igneous rock. So, I mean, anyway, can't there probably t- are a lot of diamagnetic... So, note, here's some notable diamagnetic materials. Carbon, bismuth, mercury, silver, lead. So copper, everything. Water. So, what, here's what diamagnetic means. Not magnetic. Right. I know that sounds wild. Right. So what I'm saying is, is like, oh, we can't use comms because we're near some rocks. Really shouldn't mess up the comms very much. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, it has magnetic in it, so obviously someone thought, well, fuck. I guess you can't transport somebody with acute cell degradation. And, uh... As if it is a fucking... (sighs) Listen, nothing about how the transporters work is possible or makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, like... It's not It's not moving all of them molecules and like fucking, oh, they're going to get pushed through the cell walls. It converts you to energy. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Fine. Does it, it, anything about the transporter, I, I bring up as a uh, as I, an issue they and then just I said, it. Because... Look, the fucking sensors don't work. We can't use the transporter. Yeah. Mm. But then you, but they had to have the thing where he stayed behind on purpose with his. Right, because it has to be noble. With his sunny buddy. They're sun buddies. Um, that alien head nod was treated consistently the whole time, which was nice. I guess that's true. I had it as a two, but I guess that's a three. I'll call that a three. Okay. That's a three. Okay, if it's a two. No, it's a three. It is. It is a three, <laughs> to be fair. There's plenty uh, there. Let's see. What is Enterprise's strength, usually? <laughs> of the great characters and all of the oh, great work. Uh, oh, it's take. So <clears throat> oh. uh, it's usually it's take. But uh, characterization is its fourth best normally. Okay. How did you feel it did in this case? Um, more trip stranded with hostile aliens on a planet. I doubt he'll have sex with this dude though, because this show has a definite case of the not gays. Ah, uh, it's true. Eventually gives up trying <clears throat> to cooperate with this guy and takes him prisoner instead. It's risky for a number of reasons, but probably better to be the captor in this situation. He also knows some martial arts, like every Starfleet engineer. Yep. Um, and eventually he refuses to even be transported until he knows his new buddy is safe, which is sweet. 
there's only really one character doing any work in this one. I mean, like, T-Pole does give Archer an attaboy at the end. That's true. It's just something. But, uh, I don't know, it showed what a nice boy Starfleet officers always turn out to be. But, um, I don't know, I thought it was average. I gave it a five. Uh, this is going to surprise you, I also gave it a five. Holy shit, dude. We're, we are, we're pretty much lockstep we're on this exactly one. almost exactly in sync. Yeah. He, he, uh... <sighs> So, of the Enterprise crew, like, this one had to be Trip. Yeah. You couldn't put Archer in this dumb situation. No. He's way too petulant. It would be bad. And Reed would have murdered the guy, right? Would have killed him right off the bat. Yeah, would have murdered him instantly. Would have seen him coming out of the woods and just shot him. Yeah. But it's like, every every time Trip leaves the ship, he gets into some weird one-on-one situation with some alien. Well, they had it right for a while, where he wasn't allowed to leave the ship. Yeah. They need to probably go back to that, because he's, he's a magnet for some reason. Uh, I mean, so anyway, you're right. Nobody else is in this fucking episode, but it's actually just right... This is right down the middle for me, too. Like, mm-hmm. I was not really super impressed by Trip, but he... They didn't no. give him a chance to do anything groundbreaking, because it's a fucking rehash of old episodes and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben is... In Ben's second half here, he is a one on world building... And a uh, he's a four on characterization, and he does ask the question: Do we know that Tucker's real first name was Charles? Dude, it probably came up once, I right? Think it, yeah, I think it did. Charles Tucker the third or something. Is that right? Did I get that right? Did I make that up? Hold on. I'm gonna get this one figured out right now. <clears throat> Charles yeah, Tucker the third. Charles Penny Farthing Tucker the third. I made that okay. one up. Okay, good. <laughs> that would be cool though. Yeah, it's highfalutin Bayou people. So you know, yeah, that's true. His name's Charles. Yeah. Um, ben didn't like this one even a little bit. No, Ben super hated this episode. I should point out he says he was sick while he was watching them over the weekend. Yeah. Not last yeah. weekend, the weekend before. I get it. I mean, nothing about this would make you feel better. No, no, no. I, would... I mean, where's your lizard man coming to vomit healing acid on you? Boy, that's true. Where is he? Where was he when I cut my fingernails too short and then yeah. I was eating hint of lime chips? Yeah, where he should have spit all over your damn hands. Exactly. Well, this wasn't a good one. Um, uh, quick, some quickies. Should I do some quickies? Yeah, give me them. I mean, it's my turn, but give no, them you to do me. It. No, you do it then. I couldn't remember. Hey, you should stay at the controls when you're testing out autopilot upgrades. Like, this is how that lady died in Arizona. <laughs> yep. Am I wrong? No, no, you're this? right. You're right. I'm testing the autopilot, so I'm going to sit in the <laughs> back here and do dick while the computer flies right into a moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's dumb. Good old engineering pipe. Starfleet issue since 2151. This old boy spits back teen. Uh, no, actually, yeah, we said it all. Let me, uh, let me take, <laughs> take a look at my synopsis, because we literally covered all of it. Yeah, that's true. Your synopsis often includes a lot of stuff. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, while you're looking, on this show, as soon as I was told that I'm about to have some company, I would be wide awake and paying attention, because there was a lot of shooting in space in the 2150s. It sure seems that way. I would, it would not take me but a quarter of a second to be planted in front of those controls. But he kind of looks around like, huh? 
What are you talking about? Then he gets up there and he starts to talk to the guy. He's yeah. like, this is Commander Charles Tucker. And it's like, what are you going to do, buddy? We've yeah, seen you dumb. on communications. You're bad. You're done. This is not your strength. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't find his reaction time to be uh, quite there. Uh, there was a judo trip stunt double that was pretty bad. This dude was periscoping in the back, uh, and then his <laughs> Tesla ran right under a semi truck. Yep. Uh, yeah, we already talked about finding a shady spot behind those rocks instead of sitting out in the open. So that's it. Now, uh, I will. I, I do want to say this. That's a hundred percent, a hundred percent the fault of whoever did that CGI of that mountain. Yeah, you think? Yeah, because like you know, when they were shooting that setup they didn't know where those guys were going to be so even like even the lighting setup is cgi yeah no, yeah it looks so like they, they were fucking, blasting some light on them they for sure knew that they had to be in the sun for it to be perilous oh right but like it is the fault of whoever did that that they were right near the peak of that yes. mountain and you're like oh man if they walked 10 more minutes <laughs> they could have been right on the other side I mean, it's literally just it's right over there just go over there all they had to do was be on higher ground just like a top of a mesa or something where there was no shade yep that would have been easier for this all right Enterprise is a real bummer. I gotta say, every time I, I have to start the project, they've always come in last the week before, and so I always watch them first, and it's, again, it is a barrier to injury. I just sit there and and stare at it for a while and go, I can't believe I'm gonna do this again. I'm gonna watch Enterprise again. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how they come in this week. Like, yeah. I, I haven't done the addition, but th- we both gave them fives for characterization. We both Very gave rare. them fours for execution. <laughs> they get their best characterization score because there was one person in it. Yes, because they just fucking limited it. It's because there was hardly any Archer. Is I mean, it's it true. Was. We've given good scores in the past that were like bottle episodes in a shuttle or something. Right, it's like, yeah. If, the fewer the characters, the better they do, really. It's because when they do two minutes of a character, then it's just like the dumbest shit. Yeah. You get everyone, it's like Little League rules. Everyone gets in and they say their dumb thing that is dumb. Hoshi's got to explain what thing has made her afraid this week. Yep. Mayweather might get a line that proves he's a really nice boy. Also, he's from space. Yeah, he lived in space. He was a boomer, so. He pooped his pants, according to Matt. Pooped his pants is what makes you a boomer. All right. Sticks with you for life. Hey, uh, fourth place last week was uh, Next Generation. So this week we watched Time Squared. Gonna make you mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're as good as gone, or my name ain't Don, and the sun don't shine. <laughs> I'm telling you straight, I'm laying it on the line. Oh man, he like laughs into that line. I'm telling you straight. Yeah, like he th- is sure that he has just done the greatest thing. Well, I look, I got this from a live performance. Fuck that guy. Uh, on TV, but like for some reason with these country music boys, they were really playing it. Yeah, they weren't they gonna go get pick up some queens. A yeah, different yeah, song. yeah. He and Buck are gonna pick up a couple of queens. <laughs> it obviously in 1961 didn't have the same meaning, but it's hilarious now. It's been hilarious since we were kids. That's true. Oh, Buck Owens. Uh, okay, Riker is making breakfast for a selection of the senior staff. 
And this is all I want to talk about. Yeah, can this be the forever. whole episode? Uh, so, is there an extended? Is there a cut scene like in the um, uh, in the one Data's trial one Measure of a Man? How they got all those deleted? Scenes? I did not. Are there see, deleted scenes of this? I didn't see anything about that. But okay, so Riker has invited all these people for breakfast, and he's told them that he's gonna cook. I assume Which shocks them. They because, are very surprised by this because Jordy and Data bring the hot plate. And pan, yes, and and the the griddle that he's. I, cook by the way, this I on. do enjoy this where he goes, "Hey, uh, I'm going to cook for you guys, but you need to bring literally everything, including the stove." Yeah, because I don't have those. Don't worry, I'll provide the salt and pepper. Yeah. Uh, so we see him. He's got he's got his uh, mise en place, and he's already broken and is whipping the <laughs> eggs. Now he if. <sighs> His whole plan is to make them nothing omelets. Yep, it's, this it's is not an plan. omelet. He is going to he is going to make one three egg omelet and split it among five people. Yeah, but this is assuming that his friends can come through and bring all the all the things that he'll need. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like this is the impressive display he's putting together for them. And he's going to break the eggs and whip them before the other people show up. Like it's, it's an amazing scene. He it's already did. Scene. He already did the most impressive thing, which is the egg breaking. Bro, one second in, he has eggshells in the bowl. Well, yeah, that's true too. He's just whipping eggshells up in there. It's an eggshell omelet. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't believe. I was like, okay, there's no way I would have noticed this on the 13 inch TV in my bedroom. Yeah. but for sure there are eggshells in there, and he's just whipping them up. Well, don't fucking worry about it, because we'll get to it. It's not an eggshell omelet. <laughs> so. All right, so Jordy brings the cooking part of the hot plate. Yeah. He brings a propane stove, basically. Data shows up with a fucking griddle. Uh-huh. That's not, by the way, is not nonstick. <laughs> no. It's he not. does not bring up something nonstick. Did he bring him some Pam or something? <laughs> no, there's no Pam. Riker doesn't put any fucking butter on this or anything. Okay. So he puts the fucking pan on the hot plate. Oh, and uh, Pulaski, of course. Uh, shows up with a big fucking uh, carafe of some kind of ale. Well, I mean... For breakfast. It, it, she didn't bring it on purpose. She literally woke up. It was in her hand. It was true. So She was like, God, oh, didn't even open it. Yep. Bonus ale. <laughs> Meant to get to this one. Didn't, didn't she shows up and she's like, ah, it's usually this is cold. <laughs> or whatever. They all sit down. The pan is instantly hot. And he fucking does a big fancy pour out of the glass bowl onto the thing. And Pulaski's like, a pra- you have a practiced hand, Commander. And he's like, yeah, I had a bad childhood. Yeah, yeah. But this is we finally start to get into Riker and his dad. Nobody says dick about this. Not yeah. one person is like, oh, your mom died when you were young. Oh, that oh. must have been tough. Nah. They just watch him make what turns out to be scrambled eggs. Because this shit sticks to the pan. He's not folding it. No. It doesn't end up an omelet in any way. Turns out he's he not makes, a practice hand. He makes four small portions of scrambled eggs. <laughs> while everyone's going, oh shit, you fucking, you can cook. To be fair. This guy's those, a fucking cook. Those eggs that we'll talk about in a second were pretty big. So, yeah, to be fair. they were. But again, like. He didn't give it. He didn't give them enough scrambled eggs. No, it's like, a sample. He give he gives Worf a quarter of a cup of scrambled eggs, and and by the way, nothing. There's no bacon. There's no toast. No, 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 no. Again, I hope they ate before they came over. No, these guys are gonna have to fucking. 
like at some point Jordy's looking at this going, ah, so I'm going to ten forward to eat real breakfast after this? Oh or? no, it's like he's gonna have to go on duty and he's gonna have to like skip out at like nine thirty. Yeah, he's like, listen, like, go I'm hangry. So <laughs> I gotta go. Hopefully my little office that we never see has a replicator in it. Yeah, you can get to catch a meal real quick in there and be like, oh, they're going to be like, what? You miss breakfast? He's going to be like, don't even, I'm not even going to get into it. So uh, anyway, uh, don't worry. They all hate the fucking eggs. Mm. Except Worf, he loves them. Well, they start to look around like, boy, this is garbage. And Riker senses it immediately and goes on the defensive. Yeah, he's like, he's uh, only as good as his ingredients. That's right. Also his technique. <laughs> also, having tried an o- an Owan egg ahead of time, I guess. Yeah, he's like, I'm only as good as my ingredients. I'm like, well, what the hell are they? He's like, uh, they're Owan eggs. <laughs> yeah. 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 Owan eggs. So, uh, oh, Worf loves them. He says they're delicious, etc. Okay. Either he's the only one who's good at kissing ass, or uh, I don't Worf's know. weird. Worf's, Worf's, or, or the entire point is Worf's a weirdo. Right. Sure, fine. Data doesn't touch him, by the way. He just watches everyone else eat him and looks disgusted. Yeah. A lot of Data's face like, you fucking spider. animals. You fucking monster animals eating these eggs. Picard calls Riker to the bridge. Hmm. Riker leaves. This everyone's Riker sitting in his, in his quarters, by the way. <laughs> just leave. I love that one. It happens all the time in Star Trek, where someone walks out and leaves somebody else in their quarters. But I, so I don't know what happened. I hope there's a scene where they all looked at each other and like, well, we should leave too now, right? I'm t- I'm uh, maybe Worf, maybe Worf hurriedly eats the rest of the eggs before they leave or something, but they all go to the bridge too. Doesn't matter. Data makes a snide remark. Thanks for washing my pan. Appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but this now, is for Data, sure. Data, next gonna... time bring him some cast iron or something. Like, <laughs> for something seasoned, because Riker, did, it didn't even occur to Riker he might need to lubricate this pan. <laughs> This is Do you think his dad ate his fucking shitty scrambled eggs for 50 years and didn't say dick when Riker was like, I made omelets? Every time Riker made an omelet, his, that's when his dad would get the inspiration to cheat at Ambo Jitsu. That's probably He'd right. Like, we'll talk about that next sit week. Sit down, eat some of that omelet, and be like, I'm going to fuck this kid up later. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. So this is a Riker episode for sure, right? Yeah, no, it's not. It's okay. not, though. It's not at all. It's not remotely a Riker. Riker has all a right. couple of good moments in it, but it's not a Riker episode. Right. Uh, so because here's the deal. There is a Federation shuttlecraft out there, and as far as they knew, they were the first starship out this far. Yeah. So they're out in the fucking boonies out here. Um, And they uh, pick this dang old shuttle up, tractor it on in, they can't hail it. It's the power's out on the shuttle, but they know there's a person in it. Uh, they bring it into Shuttle Bay 2, and Worf and Riker discover that it is their own shuttle, the Elbaz. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another Elbaz right next to it, and it's Worf naturally disapproves of this. Idea. Yeah, we already know what he thinks about two bridges. Yeah. <laughs> two fucking Elbazes. Anyway, they get this bitch open, they get this shuttle on open, and there's Picard right in there. Yeah. And, uh... For the only time in the entire series, I approve of Riker's decision not to try to explain it on the comm. To just say <laughs> to Picard, no, I think this is something you need to see. All right, but to be fair, isn't this perhaps going to be the most shocking version of this? Of the you need to come see this? Yeah, I Are, guess. Isn't Picard probably going to be least prepared of any of the things he's been called to see? He's going to open up that shell, he's going to see his old dang body in there. 
Yeah, it's going to be hard for him. I don't know. I feel like this is what I would prep him on. (laughs) So you would say... Try not to freak out. You're in the shuttle. It's you. You're in it. Okay, I don't know what to how to say this exactly, so I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> you're in the I'm shuttle. I'm looking at you. You're in the shuttle. You're in the shuttle right now. That's why I asked you if Incidentally, you're still on the bridge. You don't look good. I love Riker asking him if he's still on the bridge. Like, there's a chance Riker thinks this is a prank. Like he fucking Picard beamed, has beamed into, the shuttle. into the shuttle and pretended to be unconscious. Like Picard's like, oh, oh Picard found out that Riker is cooking breakfast and didn't, didn't invite him. him. Exactly. And right. he's like, all right, well, two can play at that game. Well, I got a mystery then. Let's paint one of these shuttles to say Albez like the other one. Let's, uh, yeah, so let's <laughs> paint up the, uh, what's the name of, what's the name of another Dude, one of the little shuttle the pike? Is that one? I don't know. Let's, yeah, sure. Let's paint up the pike so it says Albaz. Then we'll fucking someone will fly it out into space. Then we'll track it. He won't know that part. It'll just sit in the bay the whole time. I guess that's true. He doesn't see. We see the he tractor beam part. Sensors. Riker doesn't see the tractor beam. He ain't part. checking the sensors. He's just standing there. And then when Riker leaves the bridge to check on it, we'll do O'Brien <laughs> prankster. O'Brien will fucking we'll do a sight to sight transport, and then I'll be pretend to be. And I'll unconscious do such a good job there. of pretending to be unconscious. It'll be crazy. And then I'm gonna fucking like reach out and grab his arm and go ah, <laughs> and, and that'll we, teach him. He needs to check. That'll teach him not to invite me to have scrambled eggs. Are you, are you still on the bridge, right? It's like, oh, fuck. It's just, it's such a fucking power play. Hey, guys, uh, we're doing breakfast in my quarters. You're, this is a select few that I've invited over. I'm not at all prepared. You, I don't know how to do it. I am making you nothing eggs. These eggs are garbage, and I don't have any extra ingredients. That's right. I'm not putting any cheese in them. I'm not serving it with a sausage or a bacon or a ham. Keep in mind, I do all of the personnel reports. That's right. So, be there. Like, he caught these five people, these four people in 10 forward, telling a joke about him last week, and he's just been thinking about it. <laughs> Theory Corner is robust this week. Yeah. Um, I okay. like that we've already spent as much time talking about this opening scene before the opening credits as we did on the uh, the Enterprise <laughs> episode. All right, sure, yeah. I cut to credits. Uh, Picard 1 comes down and has a look at this fucking thing mm. while Pulaski tries to figure out why Picard 2 is unconscious. Right. So they cart him out of there on a hand truck and uh, Picard goes over to Troy. It just gives her a look like, anything you have to say about this at all? <laughs> You're responsible for this, right? And what she has to say is, oh, that's definitely you. In fact, I'm going to say something that's not comforting. That's as much you as you are. Yeah, I love how her instrument, her brain instrument, works way better than Pulaski's. She's 100% certain on this one. She's like, that's that as much a Picard as any Picard could be, right unconscious there. unconscious Picard, who she will later report is as seeing things as if in a haze or in a dreamlike state, is mm. de- but it's definitely Picard, though. Yep, she can sense his uh, essence. His baffling presence is what she senses. Yeah, so uh, Data and Geordi, uh start trying to crack the shuttle logs. While everyone else has a real tense afternoon. Mm. Like, this is ruining everybody's day now. There's yeah. a fucking another shuttle, and there's two Picards, and you know the news is getting around, and everyone's like, there's no way this is good. Now you see why the teaser was so light. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just nothing, right? There's like, there's no way this is good for, for us at all. bad news for This sure. cannot be good. Yeah. Um, the first thing they discover is that the shuttle is from six hours in the future. Whoops. So now the tension on the ship is nightmarish. Yeah. Why is Picard out in this shuttle from six hours in the future? Right. What happened in six hours, etc. Hmm. 
they uh they wake Picard number two up and he is but it's not useful. He's not having a good time at all. No, you're getting some great disoriented Patrick Stewart acting. Yeah, he acts real hard here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a little staff meeting, and Data and Jordy have pulled about three seconds of video of the fucking cruise ship that is the shuttle pulling away from the dock while Riker stands there and waves at him. Yep, and it's the, it's in 3D, but you don't have the glasses to go with it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You didn't get you didn't punch the glasses out of your uh, twelve pack of Pepsi. So you Jordy can't... gave a very complicated explanation as to why it looked like that. But you're right; he threw the glasses away, and then he fucking felt like an asshole. He's like, "Oh, you, you know, we did our best to clean up the image, but you know, it's because of the future. It's a future image." Yeah. So in this commercial for Super Bowl Forty, uh, Picard flies away from the Enterprise on this shuttle. Yeah. Then. Uh, fucking white light flashes on one of the nacelles and it spins around and explodes. Mm. Oh, also, it's in a weird turbulent butthole. Yeah, it went right in the butthole. Straight in. So that's not great. And then they listen to a log entry in which Picard confirms that he's the only survivor. And now they look at him like he's the main asshole in the world. Literally in that scene. Yeah, Riker gives a look that says, let's all meet in my quarters afterward to talk about mutiny. And, by the way, Worf is giving an even worse look behind him. (laughs) We just don't... Riker turns and we see the look. Worf is already doing it. Yeah. So, they've got a... They've got a Scatino on their hands here. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. They are all the Coast Guard. He fell into the shuttle, is what happened. They are all the Coast Guard. The Italian Coast Guard. All we could make out from the transmission was that you you said you slipped and fell into the shuttle, Captain. We have somebody yelling at you, but you just keep saying you fell. Uh, But meanwhile, they're all going to hurt their brains thinking about how to avoid something that in some sense has already happened. Yeah. And they kind of just give up, and they're like, well, let's just keep going and hope we figure it out later. Yeah. So, uh, now, as they get closer to the time that he left, for some reason, Picard 2 is getting a little more lucid. Not enough to do anything useful or give them any warning, but enough for Patrick Stewart to get a little acting in. The theory of this episode is that the closer he gets to his time, then the more his brain will make sense. Because of his circadian rhythms or something. Uh Discounts the idea that he has also lived an extra six hours, like... He's never, he's getting closer to the time he left, but it's like, this episode, he's he's been alive that whole, it doesn't, picks and chooses what is a reverso, yeah, what is a bizarro version of reality, and it doesn't make any sense what they choose. They're like, huh, in the shuttle we use reverse polarity, because it's from the future, what? Yeah. That's how time works. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we'll take it down negative point two hertz or whatever, and then so it's like well, that shouldn't work, but it does. It's very weird. The future fucking a weird space place. and time, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Picard number one is a little stressed at this point, point. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know he gives a bunch of orders like wake him up, shoot him up with more drugs, etc. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work real good. Then he leaves and. Uh, Pulaski's like, should I relieve him of command? And <laughs> Everyone's Troy's thinking like, it. Nah. Nah. Nah, though. I think he's doing fine. She says he hates the other Picard because of what he represents. Like, yes. 
doubt or something. She doesn't come out and say the real thing, which is he is aware that everyone on the ship is thinking he's a coward now, and he's not. It's not good for him. He did the one thing the captain's not supposed to do. Not go down with the ship. Yeah, exactly. In fact, the exact opposite. Watch the whole ship go down. (laughs) Yep. So, uh, let's see. Riker gives Picard some advice about not borrowing trouble, but it doesn't matter because that's when they hit the energy vortex. So that whole scene didn't matter. They have three or four different scenes of people brainstorming, usually him and Riker. Yes. Trying to figure out what the F they should do. Yeah, look, I would have had Data plugged in pretty good at this point. Like, hey, Data, do you remember when you went into Mannheim's lab? And there was time travel There were three of you, but you knew that you were the right one. We could use some of that now. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're looking at this energy vortex. And it acts on them like a real strong tractor beam. But also, according to Troy, it's alive. This doesn't matter. Yeah. As near as I can tell. Except that uh, Picard orders him to try and get away. And for some reason, the, ship gets, uh, the thing gets mad at Picard personally. And zaps him with lightning a couple of times, etc. Mm-hmm. And this gives uh, him the idea that the thing is mad at him. It's no longer focused on the Enterprise. And Troy's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she's very helpful. And so he's like, and if I left the ship, would it still go after me? And she says, yeah, I think it would. Even though she should intellectually say, no, nah, turns out it doesn't. <laughs> no. Because we turns know the Enterprise gets blown it's up. It's an interesting theory, but, um, but we, we know, know how that plays out. We already seen it. The whole ship got blown up, and you made it. Uh, Picard doesn't say dick, and he just leaves the bridge. And so everyone there must think, hey, he's going to do it again. So <laughs> he's out. <laughs> he just bailed on us. Everybody put on whatever kind of French classical music you like to listen to right before you die, because uh, it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, put on some fucking Debussy or something. Just yeah. whatever you feel like. Yeah. Uh, but instead, he goes to sickbay. And there, uh, Picard number two is fucking desperate to get to the shuttle now. Yeah. At this point, he can talk and stuff. Yeah. He's gotten more... Pulaski's dumb theory was right. He's gotten more lucid. Mm-hmm. He, he's he got to get to this shuttle. And Picard decides, yeah, let's let this play out a little bit. So he releases him, orders everybody to leave him. shuttle bay two, yells at Troy to stay in sickbay. And then uh, follows him there. They have a little chat where Picard's like, you must have thought of some other plans before you did this one. Like, I I guess what's happening here is I am short-circuiting this whole thing by coming right to you. Yeah, like, I can't actually think of any plans. Before you actually abandoned ship, you must have thought about some other shit. So tell me what that was, because I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And Picard's not real helpful until finally when he's like, getting ready to open the shuttle bay doors. He, he sort of, the two of them work out together that the other idea was just to, uh, steer into the skid. Yeah. By the way, uh, this is a really odd, right? Like this is really weird writing that he can't come up with any plans, but he trusts that he did before. Yeah. It's weird that he's like, no, I literally have zero ideas, but this guy for sure did. It's like, why, what, why? Like how, why do you think, like He's the you. thing that the thing that never occurs to him. Well, I guess he knows that it's a little bit different in some ways because he's seen the video footage of the guy leaving and like a second El Baz wasn't there with a second Picard going like, sure. "Don't leave the ship" or whatever. <laughs> right, right. I'm just like, and he did waste all his time worrying about time paradoxes. Yeah. Instead of the entity itself, 
But yeah. still, he's just like, I can't come up with anything. What do you got? Exactly. Me. Anyway, once he uh, figures out the thing that Picard didn't do the first time, he cold ices him. Just straight murder. He just does a murder. Fucker. He does a complete murder. He he announces that the cycle has to end, and he just, murders just his double. There was not a conversation earlier where Data was like, in some sense, as long as your double is alive, we're, we're, we're locked to in to this time. Story. No, Picard just is just like the cycle's got to end, and I love killing. <laughs> yeah. It's a murderous look in his eye. I think he like starts to drool a little bit. And just straight shoots the So he, he murders him. A sentient person. At, at which point, he leaves the shuttle bay. He doesn't close the door, even. He just he, looks at his body and leaves. He just leaves the shuttle bay, passes Pulaski and O'Brien on the way out. Don't know why O'Brien's there. He's the transporter chief. He, exactly. He walks past him and he goes, you know what to do? <laughs> exactly. They gotta get rid of this body. So they, they show up and see the dead Picard number two, at which point, Pulaski turns around and leaves. Like, <laughs> Just leaving, leaving it to O'Brien. He's like, nah, 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 nah. Someone's taking a fall for this and it ain't me. <laughs> I never saw it. I wasn't here. Uh, Let the enlisted man deal with it. Picard uh, goes back to the bridge and calls for ramming speed and flies right down the thing's throat, and then they yeah, just fucking break free into open space, and they're back on course for Endicor. Oh, O'Brien calls the bridge and says uh, the other Picard and the shuttle have vanished. Disappeared. And, uh, sure they did, O'Brien. Sure. And Picard and Riker do 15 seconds of, uh, well, we'll never know what the fuck that was about. The end. <laughs> it's a wild episode. We knew it was wild, but it turned out to be even more wild. Oh, it's, it was wilder than I imagined. I, I couldn't believe I've it. seen this episode 15 times, yeah. and I was like, what? And I remember being shocked the last several times about what he does to Picard too. But the he whole murders episode, him from start to finish. This episode is a he wild. He fucking ride. he waits until the other Picard can move and speak yeah. and uh, form for the rational idea, thoughts sucker. and plans. He pumps him for information and then he does a murder. He just fucking kills. And he just dude. announces that the cycle has to end. <laughs> that makes it okay. The dance party takes away Waco. Yes. So, yeah, 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 Matthew. Yeah, I got one. What's this episode about? Uh, just that fear and doubt are the real enemies of any leader, bro. Picard right. meets this other Picard, but he don't see the whole person. Doesn't even recognize it as himself. Says to the end, he doesn't even believe it's him. Just <laughs> the aspects of it that he cannot tolerate. That's what he sees. So he straight kills him, and then makes the opposite choice the other guy made in order to survive. Um. The part where, like, oh, a, you know, a leader, the, it's a fear, fear and doubt are, like, the worst things that can creep into a leader's mind. Or that part's fine. It's the execution of it that's a problem with all the murdering. I gave it a five on the take. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the murder-happy Picard that's a problem. Uh, yeah, you're not. So, uh, Ben has a slightly different, so you're about fear and doubt. Ben's mm. take is, don't repeat your mistakes, well, which sure. he has as a two. This is not how you tell that story. No. <laughs> Although it would have been funny if he'd done the exact same thing. If he'd done the exact same thing, it's just gone on the shuttle and the Enterprise had blown up again, and then we had just like gone to the next episode. Like it yeah, next, never got never Next got week fixed. we're on the Enterprise E, it's the same exact ship. Yep. Now they gave me another one, but I've got a whole new crew. <laughs> this is Bynan. She is also an Elorian. You literally would have had him looking out the window last week going, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that again. Yeah, why did I do it a second time? Twice. Yeah, don't repeat your mistakes. That's that's what yeah. you had. 
Um, but I'm actually a little more like Ben than like you. Oh, okay. Now I'm, I'm splitting the difference on this one. I, I think that this episode is saying you can't be paralyzed by your past mistakes. Sure. But you, but you can't just blithely repeat them. You have to learn something from them. Yeah. And uh, like you, I think it's a five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um... <clears throat> as as you say, the problem is not that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although you'll, well, we'll get into it. What 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 do you think about the execution of this motherfucker? Oh, I gave it eight points. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> so here here is what I thought about the execution. All right. I think it's interesting that Riker gives Picard exactly the wrong advice mm. when he tells him not to do his usual decisive command routine. Well, it's especially interesting because what just popped into my head is that Data gets the number three during that time loop. The Riker advice that at that point everybody completely rejects turns <laughs> out to be the right advice. Maybe we could do a shuttle. Do a shuttle? <laughs> we, can we do, do a what shuttle? Happens if we up, what would even happen though? I'm being serious. Like I'm asking a question. Hey, if I've always open... wondered if you jizz in space, does it propel you backwards? <laughs> somebody somebody no, asked Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, no, no. It's, it was if you nut in space. If you nut in space. Uh, yeah. And then hey, they all hypothetically, go, yeah. if someone were to eject a gas or a fluid in space. <laughs> And then they all go, Riker had a plan that never would have worked until Data has to tell himself from the other part of the time loop that to use Riker's advice. Anyway, go on. Um, I think it's way more interesting that this situation has become so fucked up that Riker feels like he can give Picard advice. Like, he's like, now that we know that you're a fucking coward, I've had some things I've always wanted to say to you. <laughs> well, normally he probably... We're going to reverse the way the ready room is usually shot, because I'm yeah. going to be in the guest chair, you and your you're going to be on the couch, but that puts me on the window side of you. So it's like you've come to me for advice, and I'm going to give you this. Anyway, I think that's very good. Relation. There's some good relationship work in this episode. Picard... Okay, so Picard is so out of it. He's so, like, in his head trying to figure out what's happening. He forgot the part that he always does where he kicks Riker out of the ready room. When he's yes. done with him. Where he says, gives him his orders, then he kicks him out. And he just leaves him there. And Riker goes, oh, he hasn't kicked me out yet. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to take advantage of this. It's time for me to start telling my buddy Jean-Luc what I think he should do in this fucked up yeah. situation. Um, but here's why this is an eight for me. Okay. This episode is fucking mega tense. Yeah. From the moment that second Picard shows up, everyone is like, what is happening? Like in real life, for once, they react like they would in real life, where you would go, oh, yeah. wait a minute. They do a, they do a little scene where Data and Jordy are going to start working on the shuttle, and Jordy's like, what is happening here? And Data's like, I, I have no idea. Bro, I've been telling, I, I, Data I says, have... bro, I've been telling everyone the whole episode, I don't know. I don't have the information. Hey, hey this, this stuff that's happening here, this is not robot stuff. I don't I know about this. I didn't wake up. On fucking Omicron Theta or whatever with this shit in my head. The crew of the Trieste they was not like, it. hey, we just hit a weird uh, space-time thing that I wanted to... Let's just check in on that since you're <laughs> yeah. new to the world. They told me about the emotions. Got it. Check. They told me about off-switch. I got that. They didn't tell me anything about time, so ask someone else. But it's like so much of this episode is just... like. I could not possibly have given this episode less than a five for execution, just based on that look that Riker and Worf give Picard in the briefing room. Like you, when son they of a see bitch. the log and they're like, "I'm sorry, what?" Yeah, 
Uh, it's pretty wild. Anyway, it's a, it's a goddamn eight. Okay. Uh, there's more than enough evidence and dialogue and circumstance to say that they pretty adequately explored my, explored my premise. Everything that Troy has to do in this episode is about that. Yep. Not sure how we're supposed to feel about Picard straight murdering a sentient being at the end of the episode. Just a, just a dude. Um, but it does work for the premise. That he is basically erasing yes. the negative aspects of his personality by erasing a dude. Yeah. Um, is this one of the least well-thought-out sci-fi premises ever? Well, it makes no sense. Everything is backwards for him. Stimulants make him sleepy. The shuttle connector is all opposite And Picard loves Oanigs like Worf does. Right, exactly. Probably. But, like, not everything is opposite. Like, he breathes oxygen and his cells and organs and his dumb dimpled chin are all there. And uh, listen, it's The ship to... inside the entity doesn't use, like, reverse strategies to escape. It just <laughs> flies into its fucking ma- mouth to leave. So it's like a 1960s sci-fi bit where it's like, oh, up is down, except not. Yeah, that's true. Um, but all of the second guessing and hand wringing, as these guys realize that like a lifetime of science and exploration has not prepared them even a little bit to combat issues of like time and causality. I really liked all of that. I liked the repeated conversations between Riker and Picard, both in the ready room and on the bridge. Like, so what do we like? What do we do now? So do we not keep going? I at mean, one, at one point, Picard stops himself and goes, "Oh, I can't believe I just said that." It's true. I really sounded like a fucking weirdo. Right That's there. what he says. Would be, would be the prudent course to try to get away. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> He's like, he throws him for a loop. I liked all of that so much. I gave it a six. So I gave it a six, and you gave it an eight in the episode where he guns himself down in the fucking shuttle bay. <laughs> I'm afraid so. In execution. Because it's small touch. I was fucking wrapped watching this thing. I have to do it every week. I should just put it in its own section called small, small things. Small, small touches. Small touches that TNG and the actors have that the other shows don't seem to want to get on board with that make this as much as a six in this wild fucking episode. Yeah. Uh, Ben, by the way, is only a three. Yeah, he didn't like this one kind of like he didn't like the Enterprise. Uh, He thinks that we can't avoid the future is not a Star Trek take. It's not pro-science. I am tempted to agree, but they also... Like, so there's another thing here where Picard is morally certain that there are going to be two choices at the end of this, one of which will be right and one of which will be wrong. It's very binary. And all he's got to do is do the fucking other thing. Uh Uh-huh. That's why he needs to know what that other thing is. And by the way, he knows what the wrong one is. It's leave the ship. Yeah, that one didn't work. He's got all of the cards if it turns out that the universe is constructed the way he inherently assumes it is. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I just don't think they were saying you can't avoid the future, because they no. literally do. No, exactly. They change what, it. What they're saying, is, what they were really saying is, we're doing a lot of dumb guessing here. Yeah. And, in fact, if we just were, if, if they had just been like, well, let's just stop and go somewhere else, they would have been throwing away all of the information they had. Yeah. So. Uh, what are the building? Tell me about it. Tell me oh, about on it. Oh, eggs. Yeah. 
um, sensors determined humanoid life to be on the shuttle. I don't think the writers ever remember how specific the sensors are supposed to be, so sometimes it's like, oh, there's life signs. Or, there are oh, three Boleans on the shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, in this specific episode, it was a humanoid life that turned out to be <clears throat> Picard 2. Connecting the shuttle to the Enterprise computer was too much for Data, and Geordi had to be called in. <laughs> Does it require Jordy's engineering passcode or something? Or is Data too dumb for an idiot-proof connection? His connection is supposed to be idiot-proof. Because he hasn't even tried yet, and they call Jordy down to take care of it. Data's sitting in the shuttle. Anyway. Ship has engines, shuttle has engines. Get an engineer in here. <laughs> yeah. uh, even the logs are all whoopsied, and Jordy can't get them to look quite right. Um, which is an interesting meaningless touch that they put it that they put in there yeah there's no reason for that i guess it it, it helps maybe make, make it believable that they only have recovered 15 seconds of logs total but like you know why not just say we couldn't recover the logs they had <laughs> last week they had all of Dar- donald varley's logs f- uh, from all time and that was with a mad computer virus run amok yeah they had a log that was him like i'm talking to captain picard now as i make this log yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had all of the logs. He fucking cross-referenced, dude. He searched by uh, Romulan and Iconian. Yep. Um, all the stuff Pulaski says about how coming from the future really messed up his internal body clock, gonna make your body rock, body rock. This will never be an issue in future time travel scenarios, right? Oh, definitely not. Okay. By the way, not explained how he was sent back in time. It's possible no. that he exceeded warp 10. Did the alien do it? Because the shuttle doesn't have warp engines. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Not explained. How many shuttles does Enterprise carry? That shuttle bay looked mad empty. Well, that's shuttle bay two. That's not the good one. They don't keep it. It's just empty. Well, it had the other Elbaz. It. <laughs> it's just one whole shuttle bay for the Elbaz. All right. Uh, the shuttle has no warp capability, as I just mentioned. Data describes the entity as similar to their tractor beam. Does he mean the effect that it is creating, or that the entity is like a big old intelligent tractor beam? Uh, let's hope he means the effect, but it is not clear. You're right. It did some they stuff. They don't care what Data has to say about the entity. They want to know what Troy thinks about it immediately. <laughs> I know. It, it did some stuff, um, but it raised a lot more questions than answers, which kept it at a three. I see. You are missing the... Uh, by the way... I had it as a three during my first pass, but you are missing the most important thing that this tells us. Okay. So let's just go over what we've got here. We've got power polarity, electronic restraints in the sick bay. Elbaz isn't warp capable, sentient space buttholes, human time rhythms, variable power inverters, Klingon space legends, medical authority to replace the captain again, known methods of time travel. Nobody cooks. Nobody cooks. I mean, they didn't, are we didn't blown away. That? Blown away by Riker making scrambled eggs. Because they all just used the replicator, so I assumed they that we'd probably covered that before. I mean, I mean but think about it. Yeah. Like, this is not like, oh yeah, we hardly ever cooked growing up. Right. Like I Sorry, usually but... just I usually just picked up uh, something from Safeway that was already cooked, or I used <laughs> yeah. the microwave, or you know I ate more fast food than I was proud of, or whatever. No, 
he is pouring eggs from a bowl onto a griddle, and everyone's like, are you fucking seeing this? He's like some kind of caveman. Why do you suppose he like whipped it up first? What does that do? Do you know what that does? And he's like, my mom died, and my dad and I lived together in Alaska, and it sucked dick. <laughs> he's not a nice guy. You'll never meet him. I don't like it's him. It's never going to come up, but trust You'll me. You'll never see him. Pulaski, you don't know who I'm talking about. And Pulaski's just sitting there biting her tongue. Just going, ooh, <laughs> shit. Oh, God. I'm remembering now the last time he fucked me. Yeah. Now I can't stop thinking about it. Now I can't stop thinking about how he kind of looks like his dad. Oh, God, no. It's getting to oh, be a no. weird time in here. Oh, thank God. They called from the bridge. She's just drinking her ale. Anyway, yeah. um, like, it's mind-blowing to these guys. Yeah, yeah, it does blow their mind, for sure. They, like, they are replicator people. They Why have just Their this... whole life, they've just gone up to a computer and said what they wanted to eat. And it's been there. And it's really unclear when the replicator, the food replicator, was invented. Yeah. It's they've unclear. Got, I don't know got when it is. Pro, this protein resequencer in uh, Enterprise, yep. right? And on TOS, wh- who knows? <laughs> it's unclear. It's unclear. Who, who the fuck knows, right? <laughs> Either I they saw... eat cubes or... <laughs> I think I saw a soup come out of a weird future dumbwaiter. Was that the same? Yeah, thing? they got they, you can get chicken soup in the transporter room. That's pretty much a replicator right there. Or it's like, who knows? It's not clear at all on TOS how it's presented. But by the time of TNG, all of these people, and and it is a question that is not clear. But everybody that we know on this ship, with the exception of O'Brien, went to Starfleet Academy. Yeah, and it's like. Are they part of some kind of upper class that exists in a way we don't understand in the Federation? Oh, boy. And it's, Theory is corner. It, is it like a cultural upper class where it's like these guys are locked into Federation uh, technology and like they're early adopters? And of course, these are replicator people. Their parents are replicator people, etc. <clears throat> but would that mean that Riker has broken the, the class barrier because he came Was from it, Alaska where he had to make eggs for his single dad? It's a real question. Let's make it clear that every other Starfleet officer considers Riker to be very dumb. <laughs> Is that not the, the case? It's weird. It's weird because again, in season one, I think they tried to make him. They painted him as some kind of street, but he's street smart. Yes, street smart. Yes, yeah, not an engineer. For yeah. sure. He gets so bored and angry with Kaczynski's explanation. Like, he's like, you're going to explain it until I understand it. And we talked about his almost irrational anger at Data. Every time Data says anything, he yells at him. Yeah. Anyway, everyone on that ship is is very different from Riker, is the main piece of world building there. They are, they are weird and inscrutable. Uh, I gave it five points. Uh, why was this teaser in this episode and not next week's episode? It should be in next week's episode, right? Like, if you, if you told me they filmed it for next week's episode, and then they were like, well, we've got enough stuff going on in the Icarus Factor, and we'll see if that's true or not. Let's see if we can lighten up this tense episode. And, and they're like, right I, I'd rather have an extra 30 seconds of Ambo Jitsu. Like, we had to, <laughs> we had to, we had to buy the motocross gear to do this, so. <sighs> yeah. We know. look. We built the fucking. We built the joust poles that go wow, wow. Yeah, I get why you're saying it's five points. I just, to me, that didn't that didn't strike me because I just assumed that we. I don't know if we've actually covered it, but it's been pretty clear throughout the run of the next generation that ain't no one on this ship ever cooked the damn thing in their life. 
that they I mean, say we'll, to the computer, send, give me some tea, and a plant comes out, and they have a fucking fit. Well, like, isn't well I don't know case. how to make tea! Haven't we already seen in Deep Space Nine, though, that O'Brien's mom used to cook? Uh, yeah, he probably said that, didn't he? So and, presumably uh, he's eating real food. Uh, Cisco's dad, we will chef. learn. That Klingon chef looks to be making some fresh stuff there. Yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, I think this is the first time that that's really come up. Okay. Like, yeah, they've got the replicators here on the fucking spaceship. Yeah. But like, yeah. also, this is the best spaceship? If you're on a, one of these fucking Mirandas tooting around... Yeah, one of the ones that hadn't even been refit. It's just like is there a fucking ass. chef and he's just making navy beans? And uh, everyone's like, fuck, I gotta get a better posting. That's why everyone says, I've been dreaming of serving on the Enterprise. Even though they they have run into a different space alien and entity and anomaly every week. You guys got sequin blankets and replicators? Yeah. Got wood paneling? Jesus. The wood paneling, by the way. So 80s. I love it. <laughs> Alright. It's like a conversion van in here. Anyway, uh, I give it, I think it's a five for world building. Uh, ben has got it at a three. three. Uh, oh, he did like how the, the little tractor beam handoff on the shuttle yeah. pulled into the shuttle bay. I also like that. They spent some graphics on that. Someone thought about it for one minute, and the, even though it was going to cost them an extra $10,000 to do the second They had to think beam, about it, because they were like, like oh, yeah, they just oh, tractor shit. beam it in, and they go, yeah, but the tractor beam's outside the ship. It's on the outside Like, how, the does, how would it do that? How would it send it inside How the would ship? it do that, though? Would it, like, just shoot it at it full speed? <laughs> just throw it at the shuttle bay? <laughs> and they went, oh, yeah, I guess they would need a second. Uh, yeah, that also, is good that they think about that. He also counts it as world... Oh, no, I guess he counts that as characterization. Actually, Another I'm... mysterious energy being he has in world building. Listen, they don't care about this at all. Uh, the energy they, being? Yeah, they don't give a shit about As that. Troy says, it is alive. Although she says it operates at the level of instinct. It's yeah. not maybe not clear that it's actually sentient. Yeah, but, maybe it's like some kind of dang old bug. Right. Um, but yeah. like, they're just like, well, let's not go back there. I totally, uh, I totally just slept, over, slept through the second tractor beam i like that second tractor beam that's why that i'll give it four good. not because of the food not because of the cooking <laughs> give it four for the second again beam. i'm not trying to talk you up here. No, no, i get I just, it clearly I, get it. I liked this episode more than you did so far I'm, i like uh, i liked this episode i had I'm such three a good time points up it. on you through the first three uh segments so let's swing into characterization all right so i mean picard murders a guy based on a vague let's notion that he's putting that the, the timeline right and that sucks yeah um, but they do a great job of portraying how shitty it is that all of his crew think that him leaving the ship was not right. Yeah. Like, they do that so good. Here, another thing that was real good in this one is Picard starts getting hit by lightning, and Riker just jumps in and starts giving orders. Yeah. And it's like... They don't just watch him and wait for him to fix exactly. the situation. Um, also, uh, Troy's scene with Pulaski in sickbay. Yeah. That's the first Bechdel scene. Uh, yeah, it does pass. It's the first Bechdel scene, both in terms of chronological order, mm-hmm. and also that we've seen so far. In this far, project, e- yeah. Even if you count. Uh, like, I, I don't... I, is there, well, I, I'm sorry. I think there's one with T-Pole and Hoshi in Enterprise. Where they talk seen. about uh, just work performance? She's, she's just got to get her fucking groove yeah. back, get confidence going. But... Uh, so there's that. Uh, I actually gave this six points for characterization, and it would be more if Picard didn't do a murder. <laughs> it's a hard one. 
But um, the thing about murder we're is gonna we're going to have to, it's going to come up again. We'll see more murders. <laughs> we're always going to remember when we go back and see how many points we gave this episode that this is the one where he killed a guy. If we're going to be like, man, we gave a lot of points to Hey, Picard killed a guy. <laughs> he killed a guy. Um, and I gave it a six as well. <laughs> I got a lot. This is I got. A, we've already been talking about this for a very long time. This is my longest section. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, let's Riker go. Believes in flair and individuality, even in cooking, but he sucks at cooking. <laughs> He's so bad at it. He does the. This is the worst <laughs> on-screen portrayal of cooking I've ever seen. Again, one second in, he's got shells in the bowl, and I'm screaming at the TV. You got shells in the bowl. <laughs> He says omelets, and she says, she brings him the fucking ale, and she's like, uh, nothing, what else for your delicious, amazing omelets that you're about to make? And he fucking just does a scrambled eggs. Your fucking infant's handful of scrambled eggs you're gonna give us. <laughs> um, the first backstory about Riker and his dad, including that his dad made him do all the dang cooking. Uh, when they play back the log, and Picard is the last dude alive, Riker gives him that look that says, we're definitely convening in my quarters after this to talk about mutiny. It's fucking mutiny time. <laughs> Riker and Worf and Picard are all kind of on the right t- track when they're talking about n- not being able to change the future or the inevitability of trying to outguess the future or whatever. But, like, they don't know that. And since we know that the only way they're going to get out of this episode is by changing the future... It's kind of weird that they're all sitting there and only Jordy's like, well, why don't we just do something else? Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't avoid the future. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, if we don't, the ship's going to blow up. So, like, I know as the viewer at home, they're going to have to change the future. Right. <laughs> or else yes, the whole show's over. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, I wondered why they held that belief to be true. But um, Riker's plan, of course, is to shoot the Vortex. Yes. <laughs> That's to finish up on Riker there. Uh, this B, Pulaski, is always monitoring the bridge just like the Hollow Doctor. She's a little fucking spy. They're talking about something on the bridge and they're like, well, what about Dr. Pulaski? She's like, I've been monitoring! Yep. It's like, wait, how long have you been uh, eavesdropping on the bridge? Um, all Picard has to say to Riker is number one, and Riker knows exactly what he wants. Just straight assembles his team and heads for the shuttle bay. What if he'd been like, number one, what do you think we should do? That's a good point. But he didn't even, he just well, said like, number one and he was off. Number one, I know standard policy would be you take Worf down to the shuttle bay <laughs> yeah. and see what's up, but I think we should send Data down there this time. I want him to get a little experience running <laughs> these kind of standard protocols. Uh, you know, someday he's going to be a first officer. Yeah, no, none of that. Yeah, he just yeah. pauses and Riker's off just immediately. Um, Picard refuses to believe this guy is him. To be fair, this whole episode is mumbo-jumbo, and I'd be skeptical, too. Yeah. Uh, when no, they told me like, he was me from the future, but like because he's from the future, he can't wake up. Hey, for real, can can any of this be true? Is any of this actually happening? Troy suggests it's because he represents aspects of uh, his personality that he can't can't be allowed to have, like doubt and fear. Um, I really like... Hey, Hilda, do you remember in, um, do you remember in Parks and Recreation... When they meet Bobby Newport Sr. and he says to Tom Haverford, tell it to me straight. Are you Chinese? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. That's nothing to do with this episode. I just imagine saying, tell it to me straight. Is any of this happening? <laughs> uh, I really liked Picard and Riker talking about time. It was like, pretty cool to see them have no idea 
<laughs> and like literally rubbing their foreheads and shit, but just like keep throwing out theories and then shrugging their shoulders. Well, again, like just fucking imagine the captain of a Oliver Hazard Perry class frigate yeah. runs into a fucking space butthole Right. And and he there's a dinghy that's got himself in it, and someone's like, "Oh yeah, that's from six hours in the future." His watch is six that's six hours in the future. By the way, I should have mentioned this earlier. Do they make any attempt to contact Starfleet? Nah, nah, though they don't. Nah, they don't even ask listen, for advice. Listen, they're farther out than any other starship's ever been cool. in this direction. So. That means no rules, just right. It's just no attempt. They don't even like, can you get a scientist on the line? It'd be helpful. Why don't we talk to a theoretical fucking physicist or something? Can, can, maybe the Vul- can we talk to the Vulcan Science Academy, maybe? <laughs> yeah. or... Nah, he's going to ask more. Who's good with time? Hey, Worf we mentioned the out. Traveler 10 minutes ago. Do you think we could... Yeah. Can we try calling him? Can we throw out the bat signal for the traveler? Like, is yeah. there something? We hey, can is do? Wesley on the ship in this episode? Can Didn't we get him, him around yeah. and um, maybe see if he knows anything about the travel? Like, hey, can you like it think is, about the traveler? I know is, you don't know that your space time Mozart yet, but I know. He told me. He told me all about it. Um, so, hey, just think about the traveler really hard and see if we can get him around here. Or Picard could go like, hey, Q. <laughs> I need Q. This a fucking trick, buddy. At this, at, I know. Throughout the series, there will be uh, just an insane number of times that he asks Troy and Worf what to do on things that will impact the entire galaxy or whatever. Yes. But in this one, I I just now realized they make no attempt to see ah, any Not even a little bit. This um, is on him to figure out. Uh, then when Pulaski asks if he knows what he's doing when he orders the other Picard to be released, he just goes, no. Like, <laughs> like yep. no, I don't know what I'm doing. Stop wasting my time. Yep. <laughs> That was all really good stuff. Uh, alternate Picard. Picard no, he, 2. He fucking turns to Troy and says, You! Stay here! <laughs> yeah. He gets pretty... He's not in a good place in this one. No. That's, he knows he's about to commit a murder. Well, too. he knows he's going to murder him. At that point, he already knows he's going to kill him. He's like, I'm going to pump this guy for info, and I'm going to shoot him in the back or Get something. Get everyone out of transporter, out of uh, Shuttle Bay 2, and yeah. you stay here. That's right. You're not allowed to come along on the murder trip. It's, uh, it's big boy time now, so... Picard 2 has pulled a Captain Kirk and decided he knows exactly what the energy vortex is thinking. Yep. That the Enterprise is another entity and Picard is his brain. And if he leaves the ship, it'll follow the brain part. (laughs) This won't cause it to change its analysis and be like, oh, I guess it's two entities and I should definitely get rid of the the big big one one first. The big one's the bad one. And present Picard does the exact same thing when he decides immediately that going forward into the vortex is how they'll get through this. No evidence, just definitely the only way to survive is to fly into it. Troy uh, is able to, and because she's Troy, she's able to read this unconscious captain better than Pulaski's instruments. Again, she tells him, that's as much a Picard as any Picard. Uh, Do you remember when I knew that there were two Picards inside of you before you went into that fucking cloud? Well, well you have to trust me on this one. I bet you're glad you brought me along. Uh, small touches. Picard leaves to go talk to sick Picard. Not clear if he leaves Troy behind on the bridge purposely because she had a freak out last time she was in there with him, or if he's just swept up in his shit and doesn't bother to ask her to come along. But they show him get on the turbo lift in the back and leave and then they show her like really steal herself and then like 
in a real determined way, get up and then go into the turbo lift and follow yep. him down there. Like that was a nice touch. Like she's she's like, oh, I'm about to go get into some more shit, but I don't think I can leave him alone. <laughs> um, Troy and Pulaski get into it a bit about Picard's fitness as a captain. Uh, in these moments, I thought they were brand new besties, but Troy's still loyal to Picard, I guess. She shows a lot of loyalty to Picard in this one. She seems upset by Pulaski's suggestion that she could relieve him of duty. And like you, I have here, the murder lowers this to a six. Hmm. So, <clears throat> Oh, that was characterization. That wasn't even quick hitters. Oh, yo, that was all characterization. Yeah. Oh, this episode's going to get a good score. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't know why it's scoring so well. All the ingredients are wrong, dude. It's like a Friday chutney, we chili chutney sandwich or whatever. Got caught up in this Mr. Toad's wild ride. It's yeah. a Mr. Toad's ride for everybody. Sorry. Um, Ben gave it a two on characterization. So he really didn't like this one. Nah, this was not for him. He talks about Pulaski the drunk bringing ale, of course. Oh yeah, that's for sure. For sure she did. And As that, Matt said, she woke up with that ale. <laughs> and that Picard is not cast in a great light, which, uh, I mean, yes, obviously. Yeah, no, he obviously. did a murder. Yeah, he straight kills a guy because he's uncomfortable. No, That's and it, right? by the way, he says, oh, I think he did it on purpose. The blast impact looked like the kill, not a nice soothing blue wave of stun energy. Yeah, no, you don't say the cycle's got to end here and then stun, <laughs> stun someone. Him. Yeah, you don't stun him after that. You don't burn that cool line on a stun. No, in fact, if he'd stunned him, it would have been like, oh shit, I should have. And then he'd like, go real close to the body and then shoot him again. Yeah, exactly. The cycle has to end, dude. All right. Quick hitters? Yeah. I can I can do this. Yeah, give them. Give them to me. We already talked about uh, eggshells on the omelet. Spiner. I was so fu- I never remember that that belonged that that's in this episode because it makes no sense for it to be here. It should be in next week's episode. Yeah, uh, I was so fucking pumped. I was like, ah, oh, Times squared. Okay, this is wild at the end when he kills himself. Yeah. But uh, and then it's like, oh shit, it's Owan eggs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spiner acting it up in the breakfast scene, like I said earlier, just looking at everyone like, what the fuck is happening here? Um. Maybe, again, I think probably the worst captain I think you should see this of all time because of how unprepared Picard will be when he gets to that shuttle. Um, ben and I disagree. I I, I just, I, that is the one time, seriously, where you need to prepare him. He could have just straight ahead had a heart attack. <laughs> um. Then you got to try to wake that other one up. He's just sleeping. Some Some great Picard confusion acting. Um, oh yeah by the way uh patrick stewart does a much better job of this than a garrett wang would have done oh god uh we've seen him act tired and in pain <laughs> we've seen him have a headache etc it was rough uh and disoriented picard very much seems disoriented and by the way they do some like they film him in extreme close-up during his yeah. disorientation where you can basically only see his head oh he looks gross too yeah, well, they've got him, like, his bags under head. his eyes. He's yeah. a little bit gray. It's, um, it works. Yeah. Uh, I think I enjoyed that Jordy Data banter problem-solving scene because I grew up watching them. Like, those oh, kinds yeah, of like scenes, Oh, yeah, like, zero buddies trying to figure out a technical problem. I couldn't find another reason why I liked those scenes. I was thinking about it. It must just be straight. It's because LeVar Burton is the only other actor on this that he's when he's trying to pull off a a complicated emotion like confused it makes sense like it tracks for you 
every time like I, when he says it shouldn't work but it does you're like yeah that is confusing when that happens <laughs> yeah, that's right and every time he does one of those i just think back to the episode where picard went into the cloud and he went so what he's just gone like how can we settle for that Oh, that's so and good. I went, Holy shit, like he said that exactly like an actual human would say it. How can we settle for that? Um I looked up Persian flaw and I'm not sure Riker used it right. It's, he used it like Achilles heel. But it's like in it in it's it's what is it, an intentional flaw put yeah, in a Persian rug? You, yeah, you put the flaw on the rug on purpose as a way to symbolize that like um Poe Buddy's nerfed. Exactly right, yeah. But he seems to use it like Achilles' heel, which is he like does just a, a problem that his, you've got. It's your Persian flaw. It's your special what? flaw. It's like, wait, do you think Picard did this on purpose? What's happening? Did you mean tragic flaw? Yeah, I'm very confused. Uh, very obvious Picard double in some of these sick bay scenes, though. Yeah, well. <clears throat> um, then we're going to paratrap it all day. O'Brien and Pulaski exchanging glances that say, he killed a guy, do we say anything? No, then we'll be killed, let's pretend we were never here. Yeah. Also, were they just hanging together, and that's why they're both there? <laughs> so it makes no sense that O'Brien shows up together? there, except that I-, I think someone on set was like, this is a, like a moment here? We gotta we gotta get somebody in here who can act a little bit. Yeah, who can and then like, look like, at this situation. Where is that <laughs> Irish guy? He's been pretty good at this. I have my last line in Quick Hitters is, were they drinking together? Or more? Yeah, could, by the way, could be. I just didn't like that he called for medical, and that and they came together. Well, you know, they're in the curly hair club, and sometimes in the curly hair club when you've been drinking. <laughs> Gets out of hand. Uh, what did you have? Uh, okay, yeah, there's, um, man, so much shit. I know. Again, not even a token that must have been hard when Riker tells his best friends on the ship, I never knew my mom. Yeah, they just let that one, they let it sit. I'm not touching uh, uh My theory was that he was cooking on seasoned cast iron in Alaska, etc. I bet they'd have brought him some sticky. <sighs> yeah, you mentioned we've already talked about a lot of this, right? It's so much of it. But we spent an hour talking about this. Not even yes. a joke. It's been um, literally an hour. Hey, uh, in the sick bay, or in the shuttle bay, they call uh, Picard down there. Nobody called for Troy, but she does show up. And then she doesn't say anything in that scene. She's just there until all of a sudden she's like, anyway, that's you. <laughs> yep. Was she just walking by? <laughs> Was she, she drinking with O'Brien? Her spidey sense tingles throughout this entire episode. Yeah, that is She true. knew she had to be in that room. So Picard clearly doesn't believe in the no-win scenario, right? Like, he assumes that there is a way out of this. Oh, yeah. That they're not just trapped, that it's not the Mobius, the legend of the Mobius, as Worf says. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, uh, we didn't get it right on the first try, but we are for sure going to get it on the next one. Yeah. Uh, okay, theory corner. Oh, okay, good. Theory corner. Only Pulaski and O'Brien ever know that Picard phasered his time twin. Uh, well, that's what I said. He calls him in there like, you know what to do, man. Like, right. No one can see this. I think in his official report, he just disappeared. He says that the other Picard just disappeared. I don't, I think when O'Brien calls him to the bridge, I think that's an act. I don't think he just disappeared. I think O'Brien, <laughs> O'Brien, O'Brien fucking shit. pushed him out of the open door. He, the whole shuttle's just yeah, fucking floating in space with dead Picard in it. Elbaz too. He just fucking dumps. <laughs> 
He probably got to go work the transporter or the tractor beam. Turns off the sensor array for a second and just vaporizes the whole shuttle. (laughs) And then goes, oh, no, it just straight disappeared. Okay, anyway, that's not Theory Corner. So here's Theory Corner. Okay. Uh, O'Brien, who saw some shit in the war, is uh, just fine uh, with all of this. But this eats at Pulaski for the rest of season two. Uh... So, like, she asked to transfer to the Enterprise, right? And it was because... She was of her fan. obsession with Picard. Yeah, super fan, right. But she knows now. He's a killer, and he's a liar. Never meet your heroes. He'd rather kill than be known as a coward who abandoned a second starship. <laughs> That's right. Right, and this is, by the way, this is the subtext, because Riker and Worf definitely know About that he stargazer? abandoned the Stargazer. Yeah. And it didn't blow up. No, it didn't. It still it drifted still around in space, and the fucking Ferengis brought it back. It's embarrassing. Like Picard is pretty cool about that when it happens. He's like, I ah, assumed it blew up. <laughs> Which, by the way, if he said it like that, nobody could buy that. Wait a minute. What do you mean you assumed it blew up? You, you abandoned you ship. Check? What's it doing here? You didn't. No one ever checked it. You just assumed it blew up. But now these guys. They know about the Stargazer. That is the subtext in which they watch him abandon ship. He's a real scatino. It's not not a good look. It's really not a good look. Is that why he takes so many reckless chances throughout the rest of the series? Yeah, he's got to cover up for that. Anyway, at this point, uh, eventually she requests another transfer or maybe even leaves the service entirely. So Uh, that's why she's going to be gone after season two. My guess is she requests a transfer... Today, after this episode, somehow Picard gets word, blocks the transfer. Yeah. She serves there for a little while, and then I think you're right, she just up and quits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, this is too much for her, Uh, especially she's about to do some shit. I know. We'll we'll talk about this. It is in... All good, it's something to track. (laughs) You who Samaritan snare up the long ladder. There it is. No, yeah, up the long ladder. Yes, it's an Up the Long Ladder, so that'll be in week 39, 40, okay, so That's something to track. 43. Cause... In week 43, uh, we're going to see her take an action, and I think it's going to be, it's going to seal. End of the line, yeah. I think we'll have to track her between now and then to see if there's any hint of it. Yeah. Anyway, that's Theory Corner, is that this is what drives her out of the service. Okay. I like it. I like having things to track. She like, wanted uh, to work for Picard, the great hero, and uh, he's a killer and a liar. I like Connected Picard. I like Prince Worf. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Connected Picard last week. Yeah. No evidence of that here because, of course, he does not bother to call it in. Nope. <laughs> he doesn't want anyone in Starfleet to know about it either. <sighs> I gave right. best actor to Riker turning to look at Picard and worst actor to puzzled look on his face in the shuttle data. I, yes. Yes. Spiner is always a good candidate. Uh, uh, Ben's only quick hitter is scrambled eggs, but we talked scrambled eggs to death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Th- in third place last week. Man, that was a, such a good episode. We, it was it such a, a long, fun episode. <laughs> it took a long time to talk about that one. Uh, in third place last week was Voyager. So this uh, next we watched The Thaw. Voyager's lurking around some planet, probably somewhere between 
Talaxia and the Kazon space. <laughs> Almost <laughs> certainly. It's probably they're probably within Vidian hailing space. distance of the rest of the fucking uh what's Kess? Uh, Okampa, yeah, the Okampa, Okampa yeah. yeah. It's probably real near. They're probably they're probably back at the caretakers array. Yeah. I would guess. <laughs> I think this planet is back where the caretakers array was. Uh, it used to be some kind of booming trade center, center of commerce, but not at all. Ain't no one alive down there anymore because of uh, circumstances. Uh, but then they detect uh, a couple of life signs, and they go down there and they find some dudes in some stasis pods. Uh, well, first of all, let's be clear about this. They don't go down there. They beam the fucking thing up. Oh, right. Yeah, they beam the fucking thing. They beam the whole rig. They beam they the beam whole, the rig, whole up. rig up because they're like, oh, we don't want to do another cave set. We're, yeah, we're not building a cave set. Let's just beam this shit up. So, yeah, they beam the whole rig up and uh, they see that some dudes are still frozen. I mean, um, so they talk to the... They talk to the... Uh, they talk to the recording from the Arsenal of Freedom, and it tells but them, leave, not leave us alone. Up. Leave us alone. We're, we're waking up four years ago. Don't interfere. <laughs> right, yeah. And they were supposed like, to wake up. Well, that's wrong. They were supposed to wake up some time ago, but <clears throat> they just didn't. So Voyager's taking a look at them, and uh, they're like, well, they got this program that's supposed to come in and tell them when it's time, right? They're, in oh, this, they're dreaming in here. Yeah, they're in this weird little like VR world. They they doing their thing in there, but they got there's a program that's supposed to be like, well, time to wake up. Well, there's what what happens is uh, Harry Cam and Belana Torres look at each other and they're like, did you ever see that Red Dwarf episode Better Than Life? Thank you for bringing that up. I think we've got a Better Than Life here because I have made a couple of references to that episode. I mean, I'd specifically, I mean the one where they go back and it turns out they've been playing Better Than Life and they fight the Despair Squid. Anyway, oh that one, okay, right, 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 okay, yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, because I mean, it's like better than life too. One of those guys is a real rimmer in there, basically. Yes, exactly correct. And and I will talk about that. Uh, they because it's a they're in a virtual reality world or whatever. That means the crew of Voyagers gonna have to go in it. You know, because yeah. So, oh, and for whatever reason, when they're like, I think we know a way to get in there. I'm like, they're gonna send the doctor in there. No, they fucking no. plug. Kim and Torres into the Matrix to go like, talk to the people to figure out how to get them out. Because here's what happened: Janeway once again forgot that the Doctor existed. She's got a real blind spot for I him. Oh, it's not saying good things about her. No, it she really is a isn't. space racist for she, sure. She is like the least willing to see him as a person of anyone on the ship. Yeah, in fact, everyone else has pretty much made peace with it. Yeah. Kim, we know, is not super cool with it, because yeah. when the doctor's like, did he have a name over there? Kim, instead of being like, well, did, do you have a name? Because we only became separate entities two days ago. Yeah. Kim is like, <laughs> yeah. hey, no, I never asked. <laughs> yep, literally, just never came up. Again, if you are one of these Starfleet technocrat kids yeah. right like if you grew up Ooh, okay, deep like in the system I like inside the technocracy right yeah you are used to computers doing your bidding you're a real maddox about the whole thing oh yeah you're like what and by the way you're maddox, fucking property you're a maddox slave seemed like he was upper crust too oh yeah he was definitely signifying upper crust with yeah. his nose mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a real tough and um I think Janeway and Kim both are also. Yeah, and I was going to say And Paris of... should be, but it's yeah. not clear to what extent dad, he though. is. He hates his dad, so he might he might yeah, I mean he might just basically go, "I do, I hate my dad." <laughs> I do. I hate my father. Um, 
and it's I okay, think you're mad it. at your dad, buddy, not at me. I forgive you. <laughs> Ew, I, you. I hate my dad. Um, I think part of it is that every time the question comes up, Kim gets to hear Janeway talk about how she thinks he's just uh, um, made a light and not a real person. And you oh, know, yeah, that Kim, too. Kim he's, thinks he's a real, he's an ass kisser for sure. Yes. But it's like characters like uh, Kess and Neelix who are like, what's a computer? I don't understand. Like, well, that, he seems like a person. I think he, he's a person. He talks and he's bald. Yeah. It's proof for me. Um, or Judy Greer last week is like, yeah, that's fine. He's a person. Who cares? I don't even believe, I hate technology, but you know what? Yeah, we well, gave all that it. up, but yeah, no, you have a soul, whatever. It's good. It's all good. Anyway, they go in there to talk to the guys so they can figure out how to wake him up because they can't figure it out. Um, hey, but guess what, though? There's an evil clown. Well, there's okay. an evil clown. All right, yes, there is an evil clown. But who is the evil clown? The evil, well, okay, well, the evil clown is many people. Um, I think of him mostly now as um, being from Better Call Saul. Oh, is he in Better Call Saul these days? The main character. I gotta start watching that. And it's a really, really good. It's a really good show. Uh, It's a a slow pace, takes its time. Good writing, good acting kind of show. Anyway, uh, but who who do you think of him as? He's the guy from Spinal. He's the lead singer from Spinal Tap. The guy from Spinal Tap, exactly correct. It's Michael McKean. Yeah, he did a tour on SNL that no one really remembers. Yeah, he's Um, from every Christopher Guest movie, and also he is. Uh, he's a laser from Spine Lab. Right. So there's a scary evil clown in there. He's made up of their uh, their their fear, the fear of the people in the in the program. He is the he's a personification of the program, but he came to be that way because they were afraid of being in there. Yeah, they they said let's go into this VR world, but I think they were all thinking mm, I don't know if this is going to work out so very good. Basically, they had the technology to go into stasis underground in this thing, but apparently not the technology to just get the fuck off this planet. Yeah, and they made a but they did a bad computer, and yeah. now he's well, they evil. wanted to be conscious enough that they could get the alert that said it's time to wake up and wake up rather than just trust the computer to wake them up at the right time. Right. So they were like by the, the way, exact same problem. They were already afraid of the computer. I can't. That's depend what that on, means, right? Yes, I can't depend on the computer to wake me up. I need the computer to tell me when to wake up. It's well, like, so with the oh, computer, whoops. they want the computer to surface uh, environmental conditions in there so that they can make the decision whether they're ready to wake up or not. Right. Yeah. But like, they didn't try. They were afraid of the computer going in there, and now this has happened. So actually, it all hangs together. I gotta upgrade some points on this. Hangs, <laughs> now you're putting it together. You're like hangs actually. together real good. Now that I think about it, um, uh, look, um, the guy, the clown guy, is like, hey, if these guys get out, I won't exist anymore, which is not cool for me. So they can't leave. Not only that, I don't think you can leave. You, you Voyager people, you gotta stay too, because I, I like having more people around to. To, to keep me strong. Keep my fear powers strong. Also, I'm Legion from that other Red Dwarf episode. Why are you stealing? Hey, stop Red taking Dwarf my did notes. a lot of sci-fis, by the way. I told you to stop taking my notes. You're always reading my <laughs> Google notes. No, dog. I've just seen every Red Dwarf, and I know when one of them is happening. Um, so they're like, ah, well, um, I'll, let, I'll let one of you go. Right? Uh, he goes, I'll let one of you go to talk to the captain. And um, because... They know that she'll just try to rip them out forcefully if they can't get them out, right? Yeah. So, uh, Balana comes out and is like, hey, guess what? This guy's trying to take us hostage. 
and he's not going to let the other people go either. He's got one weakness. It takes a few minutes for him to figure out what you're thinking. Right. Um, the doctor goes in and tries to negotiate on behalf uh, of Janeway because he ain't got like a, a physical plug-in, so the guy can't sense his emotions or whatever. Right. Or his thoughts. Yeah, I know you meant to say Schmollis. Schmollis went in there. Uh, but Schmollis ain't that good at negotiating anyway. I'm going to die on this hill, by the way. <laughs> that his name is Schmollis. Yeah. It's perfect. It's ex- exactly the correct name for it's it. It's kind of working. I do have it in my notes down here. A clown, Harry, Kim, and Schmollis. What a wonderful episode this is. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know what the hell happens. Uh, they try to negotiate hella times. They try to escape hella times. The guy kills one of the people when he gives them some a secret clue as to what to do. He like he's like, "Oh, what you'd have to do is go into the I don't know, he probably says deep code." So what he says. Yeah, he does you got to do a hacker. You got to go inside the internet and that's the only way you're going to save us. You have to disable the optronic pathways. Okay, that's what he says. And then uh so that that's when they they realize that has nothing to do with how to get them out, so he's giving them a clue as to what else to do, which is to go in and just remove everything. Remove the characters, the environment, everything. And then it'll just be the people left. But, you know, he catches on to that and he kills the guy for uh, giving him the suggestion. So now he's proven he's just straight going to murder people. So uh, they're going to have to get this shiz figured out. Uh, Janeway says, hey, you know what, I'll just, I'll trade you. Um, You can have me. Because I'm Captain Janeway. And for some reason, he's way into that. Yeah. He's like, hell yeah, that's a hell of a trade. And it's like, wait, he's never even met her. Why does he care? But anyway, he's heard about, well, first of all, he's got Harry Kim's brain in there and we know yeah. Harry Kim's a real sycophant. So he goes for it, but she's got uh, an ace up her sleeve. She's incapable of feeling fear. <laughs> That's not what happens. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, she goes in there and, uh, uh, he, she's like, Hey, guess what? Uh, it takes a couple minutes for you to figure out what's going on and stuff. And everyone's gone now. And so you're going to disappear now. Uh, you're going to fade away, because that's what happens to fear, is um, it, the episode ends. That's what happens to fear. Yeah. She does a trick where she appears in there in a, as a hologram, the same way old Schmollis yeah. did, and he's like, like, but I can feel you that, that I'm connected. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not I'm not in stasis. I just let you put that thing on my head so you'd be yeah. able to feel me. But yeah, So yeah. you can't do anything to me, because I'm not really here. Yep. She's like, I ain't also, in stasis, bro. I'm awake. My theory is that fear exists to be conquered, and therefore you have a death wish, and so you knew this was coming. This is what you secretly wanted all along, even though you're fucking fading out, and your last words are, I'm afraid. Yep, and so it faded out, and uh, she looks real triumphant, and the episode ends. Yeah. I don't know, what do you got? Uh, I mean, the uh, clearly the premise of this episode is fear exists to be overcome. How much is that worth? Uh, it's, uh, it's four points, it's fine. Uh, but does that I, even make sense? Fear exists to be overcome. Like, I mean, it, it is an idea. Fear exists. That is a metaphorical way of talking, and and it is the idea is is about how you should react to your fear, or I don't know. Like she she gets the idea because people like roller coasters, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. And. Uh, Yes, they do enjoy the thrill rides. That we like to conquer our fear. Right. Etc. Uh, It's worth four points. At least it's fucking something. Yeah. Um. Boy, I really didn't like this episode. Um. 
I had, and this is why I said the thing about her going in there and just and straight being like, the only way to beat fear is not to feel fear. Because it seemed like that was literally the only way to win this, was either to give him no input at all, or to just not be afraid. Because yeah, everyone who went of. in there instantly did exactly what I would do, and what happens to Rimmer in Better Than Life. Which is, you go in there and you go, okay, just don't feel afraid. And then you just feel and then all the worst things oh, just, go into your head. Oh, I just imagine that we were up to our knees, up, up to our necks in sand smeared with jam. <laughs> right, or for me, it'd be like, I'd get in there and be like, all right, just think of cool stuff, just be cool. And I'd think of that air show video that you made me watch, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, wait a minute, hold on, something bad's happening. And then I I would just be like, oh, just don't think about that fucking Ukrainian air show. Does that? Oh, no! <laughs> and then I'd think, oh, remember the time YouTube tricked you and they thought you were seeing a parkour video, but a guy fell off a skyscraper, and then you just, and then that would be what happened to me, and that's what happens to everyone in this as they get in there and they just have a fucking yeah, fear freak out. All right, be out. cool. All right, just be cool. So that's why I came up with the cynical take. The only way to beat fear is to not feel it. All right, you've been watching a lot of videos where people get wiped out by tires that they never saw coming. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Just don't just think about fine, it. It's fine as long as you don't think about it. You, know, you won't get, you get wiped where you feel out all warm and your heart's beating super fast. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Yep. Um, You've been watching and, a lot of videos where people hang from uh, beams on half-constructed skyscrapers. Don't just, just <laughs> let's not go there. Let's just think about something good. Spoiler alert: They think they got a good grip, but they don't have a good grip. They didn't have a good grip. Um, I gave it a one because I right. thought that was very. It was just dumb. Um, but surely you thought they did a good job on execution. <laughs> Um, bro, there was a scary clown. Yeah, in this episode. Yeah, there was some Cirque du Soleil. Yes, people in the background. There was like um, there was like a, a little dwarf lady. What was she? She's some kind of dwarf. Uh, yeah, she's a little person of some description. Some kind of little person. But I'm not sure, was that her actual voice, or did they dub a child's voice over it, or what was happening with that scenario? And I don't uh, know that actress, so I don't know what the deal is. There was a lot of Harry Kim, and there was some Doctor. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, it's a company, it's like they... They looked into the future and saw the rubric, and they said, well, what can we do to score the fewest points <laughs> how can possible? We really, how can we really eat shit this week? I, I thought it was shot kind of interesting. I liked the fade-out at the end, kind of just ending the episode. It, sometimes you don't need a stupid bit at the end where they have a little bit of banter, and then they're fine and off to their next adventure or whatever. Um, I gave it a three. Okay. So, uh, Janeway, uh, by the way, insists that fear is suicidal, and that's why he let her in. Yeah. Um, also, though, it did seem like they were pretty much, they had figured out a technological solution that would have allowed them to beat this thing. Like, the fact that she can appear there as a hologram. Yeah. I, was she a hologram, uh, like, or was she just awake? Because they showed like, her in the pod. But, like, either way, because, like, couldn't they just have swapped in everybody else one at a time, and then just, like... But we're all not in here. You can't really kill us. And they just turned their shits off all at once. And then yeah. wouldn't that have been it? She did seem to delight in killing him. She did, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like kind of like Picard. This no, week. but yes, but like, uh, yeah, no, really. She did a Picard on this one. She Stuff straight up talked him to his death and kind of smiled the whole time. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, big plot holes. I don't always bring up plot. Usually they're quick hitters, but this one's so wild to me that I it's an execution problem. Is um, They can't revive someone from a simple heart failure. I feel like we have a 50-50 shot at that now. Yeah, right. I've seen like the, if a dude drama. if a dude got scared to death right in front of a doctor, I feel like there's at least a chance that somebody could give that dude a shot of adrenaline or do a little CPR. Like just keep the heart pumping for a minute. I've seen emergency couple, the K drama. I know they can do it. Anyway, the end of this episode should have been like okay, not the two who died when there was no one there, but the dude who died in there, like we should have seen him sleeping peacefully in sick bay at the end of this yeah. in like a, you know, blue clothes or whatever. And then that would have been like, Oh yeah, by the way, we were able to revive that guy. It's not like he got poisoned by a super poisonous weapon or anything. This was some dumbness. I know. Yes, I know. This was some dumb. Um... Remember when Harry Kim voluntarily died? Yep. Okay. Okay. This wasn't this. This was like, uh, you die in the dream. You die in real life. This was, that's what this was. They're like, yeah, we're going to make it a was, horror was. You die in the dream, you die in real life. We're going to make this some fucking Freddy, Freddy Krueger? Is that him? Right. Well, so, and that's the big problem with this. Uh, yeah, that is Freddy Krueger that you're thinking of. The big problem with this is that this is the least tense episode of the week. Yep. And it was clearly a horror episode. Like, I would much rather be in the clown room with the 15-foot-tall guillotine uh, which, by the way, seems like the worst kind of mock, exe- mock execution if you're trying to scare someone to death. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, whatever's going to happen, it'll be super quick. That's right. Yeah. It's like they're not going to bathe you in uh, acid or situation. Right. Fire exactly. Or seems like if you're trying to scare someone to death, a big guillotine is probably not the way to go. But, uh, like, I would much rather be in there with Michael McKean and the rest of Cirque du Soleil's Zumanity than. Uh, <laughs> Then see uh, another then, one of you. Then, then have that fucking log entry read out loud, and then everyone else looks at me like, you fucking coward, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's true. That's a, that's one of those situations that would make you sweaty for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know Picard thinks about that still. Like, that moment. Oh, yeah. No, he'll wake up in the middle of the night for oh, a God. long time. Just going, oh, oh God, they know I'm a coward who would desert a dying man. Oh, boy. Uh, I gave it a two. Okay. And um, Ben, uh, Ben gave it a f- uh, six, by the way, Whoa. for the take. Fear exists to be conquered. Oh, it's the same take. Okay. Similar to mine. Yeah, I think I said something else and maybe not conquered. Overcome. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, and uh, give it a five for execution. Damn. Uh, Janeway has heard of old experiments, just like these cryo dreamers. Yeah, uh, Janeway's pretty does. up on experimental <laughs> she science. She knows about Kent State and all of that. He says he understands risking uh, Harry Kim on this mission, but Bellana also? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. No true. one thought to send the doctor in first. Yeah, I thought of it. I was very <laughs> surprised that wasn't where this went. You're right. Uh, he said he didn't He didn't want to like this one, but uh, dropping the Joker into the middle of Voyager was not that bad. Well, only, I disagree. The only thing that saved it was that the guy didn't do a bad job. But yes. Yes. It's not a good situation. But by the way, this really sucked that these guys were all dressed and painted like that uh, weird artist's colony that Waxana Troy takes Alexander to in the episode about Worf coming to terms with being a dad. I mean, now I'm going to remember that when I watch that one. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on with these guys? It's an episode that's like about sometimes you get old and you just have to settle. And also it's hard to be a single dad. 
Yeah. And then, like, yeah. you just got to find a happy spot in life. How dare you? Marjan says the seasons get better as they go, and that season seven's the best one. So why are you saying these things? Listen, that's better than this episode. <laughs> what, do, what, do, what, do you, what do you want me to do? Like, it sucks that it's so visually similar to that, though, because you're like, yes. wait, that's in the Alpha Quadrant. What's happening here? How do they know about that? Yeah. Yeah, they got yeah. the circus, too, man. Turns out. Well, why is it that? Where's the guy who says the higher, the fewer? I like that he guy. Got, He's a bummer. Killed, I'm into him. Years ago. Get him. <sighs> uh, world building. Yeah, right. This could world, not have done much. World building. Uh, so another weird peek at early star travel because they used to do stasis mm. things. Uh, also, Chulak of Romulus at Galorndon Core. Right. I remember that. Yeah. that. Have you played that mission yet? Wait, that's a mission in the game? Yeah, let's just say that you find out what happens to Chulak of Romulus at Columban Core. <sighs> this is what we were talking about not that long ago. Somebody is literally just going through all the throwaways and going, that's a mission right there. We'll do that one. That's That one's up next. You'll get to, the, you'll get to that one. You gotta get past the Nimbus missions. Do you trouble. ever fight Brach de Kelbrach? Brach de Kelbrach? So Brach de Kelbrach de Kelbrach or whatever is the Klingon name for the Briar Patch. Oh, so you do. That is, no, you don't, oh. because that is from the... Uh, they, But they, I think they put that in Discovery or something, but that's not in Star Trek um, Online, really. Okay. Anyway, you don't fight Core there or whatever. I don't okay. think. I don't think. There is time travel in that first Klingon arc, though, so it is possible that I just haven't played that since I've seen that episode, so... Yeah. Uh, it is in Galorn and Core. There is... A planet killer from the Doomsday Machine there. Oh. And Chulak of Romulus. That's the yeah. battle that Chulak lost against a planet killer? Well, it's his planet killer, but what? you... <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> wait, wait, this isn't canon, though. The bad, the, the bad dudes from the Temporal Cold War... Oh, God, okay. ...give Chulak of Romulus a planet killer. Great. They want him to use it against the Federation. Okay. Because they're mad at the Tholians. I'll explain that in a little while. All right. Uh, anyway, you go there and you make it so that Chulak can no longer control the planet killer. Mm. And it starts blowing everything up and then crashes into Galorndon Core. And that's why Galorndon Core is uninhabitable. Oh, it is pretty gross When we see there. it in TNG. Well, they just explained everything, didn't they? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, that's not canon. You'll get there. Okay. Uh, one point. I also have it as one point. I also have Chulak, Chulak lost a battle at Galorndon Core. This whole planet used to be some kind of major trading center. They got that hybrid VR sim and cryogenic freeze all set up. Uh, AI being created from the emotional state of multiple patients. Um, so yeah, one. Because it's nothing. <laughs> it's all, all right. very much nothing. So, Voyager. Hmm. Characterization is... Also not its best suit. Is it also it's, it's its second best? worst. World building is its worst suit. Yeah, it Weirdly. They week. had so much I opportunity, know. but... This is the one show that should be crushing world building. But nah, they're not getting it done. Uh, Kim plays the clarinet? That's a clarinet. Yeah, Almost I know we as... talked about this last week that you don't know what a clarinet is and what an oboe is. Almost as well as my wife plays it. I assume. <laughs> Uh, Kim and Paris are raw dog in the same broad. 
Seems like uh, Kim has made a lot more progress with her than Paris has. Unless it's all lies. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he'd be capable of delivering a smooth lie like that, though. Harry misses Libby, which seems weird, because I remember him hating being married to her so much that he basically committed suicide. Well, better dead than living here with my nice wife and my many accolades. Yeah. (laughs) I just have to go back. I can't explain why. better for you, too, Tom Paris. The writers won't explain why, but I have to go back. Um, Janeway is, uh, weirdly upset by this clown not thinking much of her. When they get up and they're like, he laughed at your proposal, she seems, like, super pissed off about it. Yeah. A um, clown? Then she, well, then she goes down there and talks him to death and really relishes it. Just a lot. Oh, she drinks it in, for sure. Um... I guess all in all, I will say characterization was not the main part of the problem the main problem of this episode i gave it a four a little less uh, bullish on it uh i gave it a two jimmy <laughs> comes pretty hard at this guy in the end this yes. is a computer program yes it does not deserve whatever level of emotion That's she's what I'm bringing to this. She was really mad about this clown harry kim is scared no one else was in this episode except the doctor but he he doesn't offer any insight into no. the nature of his simulated existence. Like he's the person that they should be they should be tackling like how real is this? How real are you? What would it feel like to you if you were going to be turned no, off? If you're like, Robert Picardo do... and you get your pages, you go, "That's it. That's it. That's it, huh? I show up and I talk and they don't listen to me." Okay. You're meeting another simulated guy and I don't it doesn't I'm not a does not factor into this at all. There's not. It seems like you're missing an opportunity. Why don't two you points. send me in first? No. Yeah. Two two points. Do better. Yeah, like yeah. take advantage of the characters you've set up. Let us learn something about them. Yeah. Or use them to learn something about what's happening or the nature of existence. Just do a thing. That's do a fair. TV. That's. I mean, that's fair. Two points. Ben is uh, a three and a three. Okay. He thinks it's interesting that the ship was built for combat, not comfort. It doesn't seem like it should have been built for combat. It doesn't no, feel like a, a, a battleship vessel. to me. I thought it was a science ship. That's what it's I very fast. I know that about it. Yeah, uh, It's for like exploration. I don't know. Uh, and then cryogenics is real, but we've already seen it, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then for characterization, he gives it a three uh, clarinet. It feels like he doesn't even really act frightened well. He's no, not he's a fan a of Garrett Wang. terrible actor. And uh, he thought uh, Janeway's behavior was very un-Starfleet. It's very strange how much she didn't like that clown. Does she have a clown thing? Like a problem? I mean, it's something like she dated a guy who went to clown college. She just has always been waiting to stick it to that dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Our dad was a clown. I does, there's, <laughs> it's not explored at all, but it seems like she's got some personal motivation. She had a bad visit to that planet that they recreate in the holodeck in that episode you were talking about. Oh, earlier. yeah. She went to that artist colony, and they were like, uh, yeah, your crocheting doesn't count. Not cool enough. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got for the quick ones? Make them quick, too, because this episode sucked. Well, uh, I wrote, uh, oh, scary clowns, is there any bad decision Voyager won't make? <laughs> yeah, really? Um, okay, but do you remember Twisted, though? Because the, yeah. the, the ship was all twisted around. And like the, it, the hallways they went in the wrong. Was that our all-time lowest scoring episode? <laughs> I gotta look it up. Which episode? Oh, I think scored it was nine? at the time. I think which at episode the time. scored nine points? 
Let's see. Uh, Twisted scored nine yeah, points. Yeah, that's bad, but I think we have one worse since then. No, no, we? nine is the minimum. Oh, all right. Well, that was the Maybe there's one. another nine? I know there was one that was real, real yeah, bad. Twisted but. was nine. Nah, dog. All right. Yeah, well, the, the hallways, they did, they went the wrong way. They weren't the good hallways. Twisted was nine, and last <laughs> week was a 12 for Precious Cargo, but or two weeks ago. But yeah. um, all right. that is it, good. though. I mean, it's hard to be worse than that episode. Um, Bologna comes hard at AI right in front of Schmollis. Yeah, he's yeah, she's not the only one. Doesn't Kim say something too? And the doctor has to be like, "Hey, hey, uh, hey. I'm literally, I'm just right, right next to you. Come on, yeah, just be nice." Uh, speaking of Schmollis, does he know that Harry Kim was practicing his clarinet in the cold open? Because when they talk about just yanking him out and he's like, yeah, maybe, maybe Harry Kim will be able to play the clarinet again. <laughs> that seems very specific to this episode. Yes. Also, yeah. Chakotay is technically in this, but his entire role in this script is to say, why can't we just unplug them with a dumb look on his face so that they could explain that uh, their brains would be damaged, you idiot. Hey, no one was happier than Beltran. <laughs> to be done with it he's, but he's still got to stand around i know that's but, the thing like he's there the same amount of time whether he does acting or not he got paid he was checked out he was just like well i only got one line fine with me i don't give a shit <laughs> i gave best spinal tap gag to the two-word record <laughs> review shit sandwich and worst <laughs> spinal tap gag to these ones go to 11 okay uh let's see Oh boy, a Harry Kim episode. It's not an automatic deduction, but it might as well be. Um, I don't know how many notes I can take on the circus nonsense. This guy is Legion from Red Dwarf. Ah, my nemesis old age makeup. <laughs> no matter how good it is, it's useless without addressing people's weird old eyeballs. Yes, and by the way, it's actually not bad on Harry Kim in this one. Nope, like, but he's still got his young man eyes. He looks a little bit like an old Korean man in that, but you're right. It's like they never make the eyes faded and watery yep. in a correct way. <laughs> you know, old people got gross eyes. Sorry, it's true. Sorry, all old people listening to this show. It's going to happen to all of You us. can't turn your computer I, off. The, and the you, outer you, layer of your eyes will become less clear and more milky as you age. You nothing wanted this you can, show to Nothing be you over. can fucking do about it. You unplugged your laptop that your grandson got you, but the laptop's still going because it has a battery in it. And that's, that's why our episode is still playing. And that's why, even though you desperately want to stop <laughs> listening to this, you can't. So I'm sorry you have to hear this part, but old people got gross-ass fucking eyes, and unless you address that, it doesn't matter what you do with the rest of the makeup. It looks silly. <clears throat> oh, good. That's what I said. The doctor, a clown... A Clown, Harry Kim, and Schmollis. What a wonderful episode this is. Uh, that's all I had, because really, I didn't want to write about this. I just didn't want to do it. When you sent me a note, and you said you want, you just watched Voyager, and can we stop the whole project? Yep. <laughs> like, after I watched this, I understood. Oh, yeah. Uh, ben says, thank goodness they got a real actor to play the clown. Yeah, we all agree. Yeah. Michael McCain's well, performance the best was fine. Actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to disconnect the hostages, there would certainly be brain damage. How much damage is the wonderful response? <laughs> Um. All right. Enough of that. Uh, yeah, in second place last week was uh, TOS. So this week we watched Metamorphosis. All 
We are back on board the shuttlecraft Galileo. I don't know if it's supposed to be the Galileo, by the way. Like that thing that thing was pretty wrecked, but I guess it's working oh, again. Yeah, I mean, it's all painted up. It says Galileo on it. So. It does say it. I mean, it says it right there. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a different shuttle. They just renamed it. I don't know. And all the guys you love, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, yeah. are returning to the Enterprise with uh, some Starfleet commissioner, some Federation commissioner. Who's dressed like she's going to a picnic in the 1960s. That's right. And also, who has uh, she's contracted a rare disease, and she's being a real bitch about it. Really? For sure. I mean, like just a fault. bitch. Like they gave it to Just her. a big old bitch. Yeah. Um, uh, but they encounter a strange anomaly in space, and it's on a collision course at warp speed, and it disables the shuttle, and it drags them down to some inhabitable planetoid. Luckily. I mean, I don't know. It seems like it was done intentionally, but that's fine. I just mean, you know, lucky for them. It took them... To, yeah. They didn't know what was going to happen. They got to go to a breathy place with the breath. That's true. She wasn't happy, by the way, that they did not have control of the shuttle, but... No. That's fine. Don't worry. It turns out she's got some regrets. Um, uh, Bones goes out and has a little reconnoiter, and Spock goes to take a look at the shuttle, and he finds uh, a situation that... Uh, apparently he and Kirk were both expecting, which is nothing's broken, but nothing works. Like they know already that they're in a situation. I love it. Their, their instincts on this are so next level. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Now, uh, from, uh, from a little bit, a little bit away, like over a ridge, uh, a man named Cochran appears in the Mm. distance and he comes uh, running on over and he explains, yeah, there's a damping field. None of your machines are going to work. And everyone's like, okay, that's weird. I mean, they're pretty suspicious about this whole thing. Yeah, weird that this guy's just hanging out out here. And they got a ticking clock, uh, which is uh, Commissioner Hedford's illness is going to kill her, like, mm-hmm. quick. Quick quick style. Yeah, when they get there, she's got to have a real lay down, because yeah. she's real warm and fussy. Yeah, Cochran takes him to his nice home. Uh, it's in kind of like, it's kind of in a shitty area. Like, there aren't, there aren't good trees and stuff. No. It's kind of... It kind of sucks, but the home itself is okay. It's got a toilet and everything. It's a converted ship, right? Uh, yeah, it's made out of parts of his crashed ship. Yeah, uh, but it just looks like a regular house. Anyway, they uh, they, there's a weird blob, like a light, blob of shimmery light outside, and Cochran's a little bit cagey about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the light's funny here." <laughs> okay, you got me. That's the <laughs> yeah, companion. That's right. It's uh, I don't even know why I said that other thing. That was really stupid. Yeah, I don't know Sorry. why I thought I could pass that one off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to be an old man, and I went out into space to die, and this fucking thing brought me here, and now I'm young. Oh, also, we can sort of communicate like it's nonverbal, but I make my my wishes known, etc. I stand inside the blob. It knows what's happening. Uh, so they're like, "Well, let's do that." Um. Anyway, he's Zephram Cochran, discoverer of the space warp. Yeah, Zephram Cochran of Alpha Centauri. I know him. Of Alpha Centauri, yeah. He's been uh, here for 150 years. He was 87 then, so he would be 237, So, but it's like... Well, he ain't aging because of the blob. It kind of doesn't make sense. It kind of means that he invented warp drive in like 2030 or something. Like it, it, The timeline is a little busted here, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh... Anyway, the companion uh, brought the shuttle there because uh, he told it he was going to die of fucking loneliness. And they're like, all right, cool. Fair enough. All right, I guess we're in this. 
Hedford starts having a big disease freak out at this point, and uh, Kirk sends Spock to go look for a weapon against to use against the companion. He's like, mm. uh, f- help me figure out how to kill this fucking thing. We're definitely going to kill this guy, and we're leaving. Yeah, so... Uh, Anyway, it's not into that. It shoots uh, Spock all up with lightning, and it burns the shuttle out. And uh, Kirk is like, well, can we get this thing to help us with this woman who's dying? And so then now they see him communicate with it. Like, it fucking envelops him. And Kirk and McCoy look at each other, and they go, that old thing is in love with him. No, for sure. It's one of those for sure theories that they have all the time. Uh, Meanwhile, Spock has returned with a black box to short the companion out. But uh, and Cochran's like, man, don't do that. That's don't be mean. That sucks, a dick. That's and Kirk's like, mean. we're gonna do it though. You better get on board with this. So they give it their best shot, and it just seems to make it angry. And it turns red, and it retaliates against them. And then Cochran calls it off. At this point, McCoy's like, hey, you're supposed to be a diplomat, right? <laughs> like, what are we doing? I'm glad. You know, maybe you up. don't have to kill it. Yeah. And he's like, all right, Spock, can you make the universal translator work? And Spock's like, yeah, let me go get it. He's like, sure, I totally will react to this energy blob. Just yeah. put it in front of the energy blob and it'll be able to do it. Anyway, he uh, fixes it all up. Looks like a dang little lightsaber. It's real mm-hmm. fun. Um, and it uh, gives the companion a sultry voice. And they're yeah, like, oh, okay, I got it. We got it. We were right. It's mm-hmm. a lady and it's in love with him. Don't worry, they're 100% right. They always are. Cochran has a bad attitude about that. He just has a bad attitude about it. Oh, also Spock wants to take the opportunity to ask this thing a basic, a few basic reporter type questions about the, like the who, what, where, when, and why about the companion. But Kirk's like, nah, we are leaving. So don't do that. Anyway, uh, Cochran is like, what? It's in love with me. That's disgusting. And they're like, you caveman, you bigot. Yeah. You piece of shit. Just cause it's a blob. Oh, what? You don't want to fuck a cloud of hydrogen ions? You asshole. You get out there and do you it so racist. we can get off this planet. Immediate cut to Kirk talking to Hedford, who's like, I was so good at my job, but I've never been touched. Yep. So. Yeah, this is a really good episode, as usual, for the ladies. It's such a good one. I mean, really, you can watch this scene, and he is like, oh, what? Ooh, it's in love with me? And they're like, what? What is this conversation we're having? Yeah, it's in love with you, you piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that energy cloud is into you. Fuck you, you bigot. Yeah. I was so good at my job, but and now he's turning away love, and I've never been loved, and I've never loved anyone, and what was I doing with my life? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, she's got some regrets. Uh, That's fine. It's all going to get solved. Kirk goes to talk to the companion, and he's like, look, this thing is never going to work out. Yeah, you're a blob. He can't physically love you. And, you know, there's a woman in there dying, and the companion's like, oh, yeah. Fix it. I'll Uh, fix it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it takes over her body. Yep. Doesn't ask anyone. Does not ask anyone. hey, cool if Uh, I become you? She does say that they're both living in the body at the same time, but, like... They could just be saying that. That might not be true. Yeah. It's not at all clear that that's true. Be like, what? No, she's in here. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Uh, then Spock and the companion agree that there is one Christian god. 
Of course, and, of course, it's important. And then, <laughs> then the companion in Hereford's in Hedford's body goes over and has a little scene with Cochrane about understanding loneliness, mm. and she has given up her immortality, and she can't stop him from leaving now. Well, yeah, because um, she's like, now that I know what loneliness is, and I know that's what you feel, you ha- I'll let you go. And then he's like, oh, no. Yeah, but so I anyway, love you he's now. Gonna, he's going to stay behind, and he wants Kirk to keep his existence there a secret. And uh, they take one more shot at women on the way out. Of course. Where Spock's like, or Spock or McCoy's like, well, what about the fucking war? By the way, there's a war that this commissioner was going to solve. And Kirk's like, I'm sure they'll find another woman to end that war. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's wild. Shots were fired all over this episode, by the way. So. This was tough. Matthew. Mm. Mm. What was this dang old episode about? Just, uh, I think it's another repeat. I think we've done this one before that immortality isn't what it's cracked up to be. Man, is it? That's not uh, what I have. Also, growing old and dying is one of the pleasanter things about being human. Ah, they do say that. If as long as you have someone to grow old with. That's right. As long That's as you have, have one of these feminists who uh, gets a job. That's right. I mean, I can get into it. It'll get into execution, though. Uh, okay, so what is that worth to you? Mm, that's the standard four for a plot that we've used multiple times. So immortality isn't what it's cracked up to be is it four, despite the fact that it does not apply to any human. Yes. Okay. So we've talked about this before. The the weird wish that people only have in fiction to live forever. Like right. you've never heard anyone in real life say that, right? Like and you've never had a conversation with someone where they were like, I'd really love to live forever. I wish I could do that. That's something I mean, that, I'd take because it. It's not a thing that has ever come up. So I know, it's, it's not, just not, it's not real. It's, it's not a not thing a that could happen. But in fiction, there's this thing that people are always searching for immortality. But then, ah, oh, guess what, though? It's a dang old bummer. You get, like, lonely and bored and watch all your friends and loved ones die and it just won't end. Right? It only happens in fiction. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, it's the standard for because it's... That's what I gave it the last time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have this one as uh, if you love something, set it free. Sure. Uh, it's also a four, by the way. That, that definitely came up. Yeah, it's like, first of all, definitely that's Kirk's intention. I I don't think he had put... To, either he hadn't or he was real sly about it, putting two and two together about taking over the woman's body. <laughs> you think he was maneuvering <laughs> it that direction? I think it's a, you have to at least consider the possibility because otherwise it does not matter that he brings her up. Yeah. Like they've already played the she's going to die card. It did not seem to impress anybody. But you're right. Once they have the ability <clears throat> to talk to it again, he's like, you know, this lady over here going to be dead in a minute. Yep. Uh, she could have loved somebody, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I guess there's something we can do about it now. I mean, they could have loved each other. I don't, I don't really have a suggestion. There's nothing I, mean, I can I, do about that, but I don't have any particular plans. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's just the standard. If you love something, set it free, etc. Uh, what did Ben have on the, this take? Uh, Ben, Ben's take on this episode is uh, true love will sacrifice. Also, or if you fuck a jello mold long enough, it might just transform into a beautiful woman. That's right. That's the key here. I mean, really, it's also kind of saying, uh, like, if uh, if you're a bitch, maybe you just need a good dickin'. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll enjoy that. rattle around. Uh, ben agrees, by the way, that this is a four. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about execution. Yeah. 
uh, Kirk's speech ultimately boils down to the same thing he does to talk robotic overlords into killing themselves. Like, mm. don't you see you're harming it, him, them? Yeah, the thing that um, you love, right. I did like the uh, scarf shot. So there's a shot where after he be- she becomes uh, oh, Hedford, yeah. she holds this scarf up and looks at uh, Cochrane through him, and it looks like she's the fucking sparkle mold again. Like, yeah, it's just like the same pattern. It's like the same pattern. I thought that was a fun little trick. Certainly um, for the 60s. That was some cinematography. Uh, especially also because we didn't like hear her say, this is how I saw you before, or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, you may notice I didn't mention this at all, hmm. The but we see several shots of Scotty on the Enterprise in command trying to find the missing shuttle. Yeah. That stuff is all super good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's like Scotty is so good in command up there. And like Uhura's, Uhura's like, got we'll some never, sassy lines. We'll never find them. And Scotty's like, or she's like, there's five thousand of these fucking things. And Scotty's like, well, we'll search them all. Yep. <laughs> Off we go. Yep. Uh, he's very good in command. So uh, I gave this a total of six points. Whoa. In execution. Yeah. It's a big one. Um. Okay. So we've seen the plot that I or the premise that I described a few times already. There was uh, Shitsoid Man. Yep. Um, the one with Jameson, which I believe my take in that was something about trying to live forever or trying to be young again or something. Sure. Normally it's with people trying to uh, capture that in some way. This way we see it kind of forced on him, but it's like the same sentiment. He just he sits there talking about how boring and shitty it is, and the alien talks about it once it becomes aware of it. And then there's some juxtaposition with the lady dying of an illness. I don't know. They did fine. It was fine. <laughs> but boy, the stuff about men and women. It's real bad. So this section of politics of Star Trek is, is super bad. And it, But it's such a wild juxtaposition with uh, the I mean, obviously intentional stuff they're doing about race. Yeah. Like, clearly... Uh, Gene Roddenberry wanted to be on the right side of history about race and had a complete blind spot about sex. Oh, yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. It was really tough. It was hard to watch. Like, this stuff is so tone deaf. The only way it could happen is it it just, it it doesn't, not even on his radar. Oh, yeah. No, he doesn't even realize. These things that he's writing, he thinks are just sensible things to write. Like, it's not that he is even intentionally shitty about women. Yep. It is, this is, he is just... He cannot see it. Um, so even though I thought they uh, did a fine job with the, with the basic premise and everything, that brought it down to a four for me. It was yeah. uncomfortable. I could, it was hard to watch. This episode is, is hugely bad. I, when I told you that this episode was 100% pure uncut TOS, <laughs> yes. that was exactly what I was talking about. It is. is that scene kind of wild. where they're like, you asshole, you utter caveman. Uh, all with their eyes and stuff. And yeah. then... Uh, but then they just cut, smash cut to her, and she's just never been kissed. And you're like, yep. "Fuck you!" Yep. And then of course the she alien. is a space commissioner, or whatever that entails, who is morally certain she can end this war. Yes, oh yeah. And of course, the space blob had to be a woman. It was a woman oh, yeah, that I was do. in love with him. Uh, also, by the way, there's some stuff baked in here. Uh, male and female are yes. universal concepts. Yes, I was going to And the universal that. translator can tell that this thing is a woman yep. because of its brain patterns. And it's they don't go into it, but you have to imagine that it's like, it's she is irrational. She is a woman. I mean, it, well, look. <laughs> the, the UT said it to him. 
That unit is a woman. <laughs> it's tough. So I'll get into uh, it. Pure uncut second. Star Trek. Um, ben has the uh, execution of this one as a three. Okay. He thought having a female commissioner was sort of a step forward, but she breaks down immediately. <laughs> yeah, she's not great. Uh, he wished they'd blamed the disease for her breakdown, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. No, it's that she'd never been touched or whatever. And it's even worse that the other thing is a lovesick woman. Um, yeah. He said, what do you think the outcome would have been if the commissioner had just been a plain-looking woman or a real uggo or a dude? Or a that dude. would have been a sci-fi take. And I had also a question about what would have happened if the UT had given it a man voice. Yep. Like, and they were like, if it, it, then it, it would be great if Kirk and Spock were like, so you know it's in love with you, right? Well, I'm saying, like, if it translated as a man, would Kirk and company have come to a completely different conclusion? Yeah, 100%. Based on having a major case he's of He's your the good pal. Yeah. He's your, like, your old war just, buddy. Oh, he's just like me and Spock. Yeah, exactly. they going, yeah. <laughs> they got a case of the not case. Yeah. Yeah, All for right. sure. But, I mean, uh, even TNG falls down in that area yeah um famously in the episode with the odan what's the name of that episode the host the host yeah and they i would say that they don't 100 percent do a good job in the outcast either but at least they're trying something with the outcast raid in that so it's yeah it's true there is a commando raid anyway uh even tng is not good on lgbt stuff yeah to TOS can't even get no, 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 no. traditional gender like the kiss. They can't. They can't do it. Can't They're not close. close. Can't get it right. Not remotely close. Uh, I can do some world building. Yeah, let's hear it. Sekiro's disease. The chances yeah. of contracting it are literally billions to one because this episode was written by me in the fifth grade. Yep. <laughs> McCoy detected some Krypton out there. Just watch out for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Should be fine. The story of Zephram Cochran's final mission, Zephram Cochran of Alpha Centauri, in fact. It's not these people's fault that the story <laughs> of... That he's from Missoula, Montana <laughs> instead, or Bozeman, <laughs> yeah. Montana, or something? Uh, the story of Zephram Cochran is, I think, changed pretty dramatically, and some wild rationalizations are needed to... Zephram Cochran? Like magic carpet ride Zephram Cochran? <laughs> to, yes! <laughs> to make them, um... To make the mesh, you need to do some work. Yeah, that's um, whoever wrote that, and also Frakes bears some responsibility for it. He is the director. He probably could have fixed it somehow. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to ask a third rail question about the UT, the Universal Translator. So let me ask something very specific. And again, it is the question I just asked. How did it think to translate the companion as a lady? And if it had translated as a man, would the whole episode have been different? Um... So we already went over that. Uh, oh boy, male and female are universal constants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the answer. Oh your no. answer. <laughs> oh no, though. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> this does not jive with future treks, and Marjan will be mad. I was glad Marjan didn't watch this episode with me. Even in the '60s, it's not an enlightened take to have. No. Like, I get it that they. But that we have- said it. Look, in the last 10 years, we have come a long way in our thinking on gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, the, uh, yeah, but even in, in the 60s, this, uh, because 
okay, all right, fine. Men and women are universal, etc. And there are only two. There are only two genders. There's only one way to be a man. And there's only one way to be. A, but that's Even the actual problem, moms. right? Is there's only one way to be a woman, and you have to be. And this woman is ultimately a failure, no matter how successful she is in her job. Yep. Because she does not exhibit the feminine qualities of. Uh, I don't know, love. She doesn't have a family. So yeah. ultimately she is a failure, right? That's the, ice queen. Whereas Kirk can fuck anyone he wants and go from planet to planet and no one's like, oh, you, but you never stay behind and form attachments. Yeah. That's where this is shitty. Yep. Now, like uh, that's what, because that's what they were capable of doing better. And they didn't. The, the gender stuff is not fun. Now, but, but the real problem is that but Spock it's, says it was it. beyond Spock the, them. Spock, the science officer, says it. <laughs> yes, that is true too. It's not like Kirk or anything. It's like nope. The science officer has proclaimed this to be just a truth that they hold in the twenty third century. Yeah. Uh oh, God! The alien lady loves being told how pretty she is. Once the alien yep. is a lady. Yep, yep, yep. Computer Central reports they are approaching the last known position of the shuttle. So Computer Central is a thing. Yep. Um, it's a channel that shows South Park and I don't know how much work was done but I liked so little of it that I gave it a 2 okay uh, I didn't hear you talk about this but I think that there is something interesting that happens in the world building here uh, when Kirk is explaining the last 150 years to Zephram Cochran mm. he says humanity is on a thousand planets yeah and they're reaching out everywhere, and everywhere they go, there's life. Yep. There's millions, millions of planets of... with intelligent life, they right. believe. Yeah. So that's a big thing about the universe. Yeah, we, we know, know that. that it must be true because we've already seen because every week they meet new aliens. aliens. Right. But not in Star Trek. In Star Trek, we mostly meet humans. Yeah, one, one dude out on a planet. One mostly. weird human on a weird science outpost. And we've got the Vulcans, and they look like the devil, and we've got Klingons. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you had those aliens on that planet who were right. really patient. And, and then there's a bunch of weird old gods type people running around. Ton of old gods and cues and things. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is saying a big thing. Everywhere humanity has been, they've discovered that there is not just life, but intelligent life. Yeah. And that is a big statement that Star Trek is making. Okay. What else is in this? Uh, we learn about the Universal Translator, and we immediately wish we hadn't. Yep, immediately it's bad. The The Universal Translator really is the one where you're like, all right, this is the one we should leave in the dark. Like, yeah. who cares? It works. Yep, just say that. Say, well, it's good. It's a good piece of technology that works when we need I, it. Linguists work. were able to do it because they're smart. Look, I don't know how it works. I'm not yep. a linguist. Uh, only God can create life, we learn. Yep, we did. Uh, asteroid classifications, search procedures, and also what they're looking for in space during the searches. So we did some business up on the ship. Uh, all told, I gave it a four. It is mostly on the strength of what we know about the Star Trek universe based on that statement of Kirk's. Also, yeah. he seems jazzed about it, which I like. Oh, he's trying. He's like, he's giving the guy a show. He's yeah. like, you're going to want to leave this planet with us because it is amazing out there. So many androids I've fucked. It's wild. <laughs> that some of them are sexy. It's a wild like, I, I don't know what to say about it. They got this. They got these overalls that don't have a back. <laughs> Woo! Androids of varying degrees of sexiness out there for you to fuck. Yeah. Uh, ben gave it a five, by the way. Uh, 
Uh, he says continuity because of the Galileo again. Oh. He refers to it as the Galileo Seven, but that's uh, not the case. The I always, when I was a Galileo. kid, when I was a kid, I thought it was called the Galileo Seven because of that episode. Because of the episode, but the Seven are the people. They were the but seven yes. people in it. Um, yes. The uh, let's see. Uh, he assumes that uh, future uh, spacefarers will be superstitious, so this shuttle is going to have a real reputation for bad luck. Yeah. Um, Zephyr Cochran of Alpha Centauri. Uh, near history of the Federation, Universal Translator. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. He gave it a five uh, for world building. Uh, characterization. Do it. Uh, Kirk kind of falls down in this one. Okay. Uh, because he goes right for kill and has to be reminded by McCoy that he's supposed to be able to talk his way out of things. Yeah. And uh, Spock more or less gives up on the idea of learning about the companion. Even when they have, like, a couple of hours to sit around and wait for Enterprise. Yeah, it's true. Is he asking his questions then? Yeah, it's, we don't nope, see it if I so. I think they're hanging out, just the two of the lovely. Yeah, no, they went for a walk, so Spock's just got to sit on his hands and be like, well, I guess I'll just think about how the companion could have come to be. <laughs> right. Um, I got my I, own theory. It'll be 100% correct. Uh, but Scotty is great in, in command here, and I it made me think about how the show consistently shows us that the lower-ranking crew... Uh, handle themselves well when they take the captain's chair. Yeah, I mean, the assistant chief engineer was in charge during Cat's Paw. Yep, and he did a fine job. Yeah. The the fucking weird mage on the planet made a point of telling us he was going to break out. Yeah, I mean, okay, he made Chekhov a little sad, but he did well, a good job up there. Not that And I, I kind of like that portrayal. That's kind of more of a world-building thing, characterization. Anyway, I gave it as many as six points. Damn! Right, yeah. Everyone was higher on this than I was, but I was close. I gave it five. Okay. Um, in this shuttle scene, Kirk was basically Lone Star telling this old lady <laughs> to sit down and shut up. Yep. <laughs> um, though his lessons on love do eventually save the day. Right? He basically just gives sermon after sermon to both Cochran and the alien. Oh, yeah. About, he parent traps him, for yeah. sure. Yeah, he gets him good. Spock seems worried Kirk will try to annihilate the companion early in this episode. Is this because he doesn't want to harm it, or because he thinks they'll fail? That's a very good question. Is he just worried about the success of it, or is he like... Because early on, he's like, you would tend to kill it. And Kirk's like, fuck yeah, dude, let's fucking ride, just ride on this motherfucker. Uh, Scotty in charge, as you've already mentioned, is always a good time. Um, for some reason, I rarely have much to say about McCoy. Like, he's always in the episodes. But he's always the same, and I never notice anything new or interesting. His job is to pop up and say that someone is making a mistake or that they're wrongheaded about something. Yeah. And it usually just sucks energy out of the scene. <laughs> yeah, I found that as well. His character is not super necessary. Um, uh, and then a bunch of the stuff that you already mentioned. I, yeah, I gave it a five. You got some quick headers for me? Yeah, yeah. This lady, like I said, dressed like she's going to a picnic in the 60s. Um, another very questionable portrayal of an entity traveling at warp speed. Yeah, we don't really know what warp speed is. <laughs> no. We know that in this case it's the space warp and not the time warp. That's right. They were doing the, space the time warp. barrier's been broken, you see. And, uh, I mean, that's from the cage, so that shouldn't yeah. really count. Um, why does Kirk send McCoy out as a search party? Because he ain't got anyone else. That seems like a bad choice, though. They don't have any red shirts on this mission. <laughs> Since Spock. 
Spock's got to fix the shuttle. Okay, but I'm just saying, McCoy, go out there and take a look around. McCoy's going to get himself hurt. <laughs> McCoy's going to go find a woman changing and yeah, he's pe- gonna be peep done. on her. He's going to be busy the rest he's of the He's going to go take women's advantages. For sure. Um, uh, boy, it's Cochran, and there go the love themes right away. Start playing love themes as soon as he and that lady were in the same room. Let me get this right. Cochran named the entity the companion. Not yeah, not my companion. My companion, or just companion. Yeah, the companion. That's the it's the companion. That's fucking weird. <laughs> I'd have questions about this dude. A uh, ton of reaction shots throughout the episode in every scene, just from face to face to face. This feels like a season one throwback in terms of production. Yeah, a little bit. Great injury acting by Spock. Threw himself about like a dang old maniac. But he's getting it's lightning. very true. <laughs> then laid on that rock till McCoy came over, and then he just sat up and he's like, "No, nah, I'm fine." I'm like, why are you laying on that rock then? I didn't even think that. So I didn't think they got a chance to try out the box they made to short out the companion. I thought yeah, what happened they did. was Cochran went out and it like read it in his head, and then it came in and knocked it over. I thought they tried it. Okay, I hope they tried it, because they didn't ever attempt to do anything after it got knocked over. I mean, I wrote that they tried it, but I... Yeah. I don't I don't have a clear memory of it, but I... To me, write... it looked like it got knocked over, and they didn't even try to use it, or see if it was broken or anything. <laughs> they just left They'd never come back to it. That The box is ignored. I wrote, Spock hits the companion with his best shot, though it seems to mainly anger it, and it retaliates against them before Cochran calls it off. Yeah. Um... I do admit I wasn't paying attention. Did the did the lady die and it took her body, or did it just take her? So it's fucked, right? Because it says, well, I can't fix her. Yeah, it told us that earlier. And then later it's then it's, it's totally like, healthy when it's inside of her. It seems like this disease that had so far manifested in a fever mm-hmm. was a disease of her innate human spirit, and that's the part that couldn't be repaired, and, like, it can fix the body. Yeah, it's the what? body's totally fine later on. Yep. What? She had the flu. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know. That's all I had. We talked cool. about a lot of it. In the uh, in the 1960s, you could just tell any man who was in the company of a woman that she was beautiful, huh? <clears throat> like, Cochran definitely directs that right at Kirk. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, she's beautiful, Well, too. Commissioner Hedford is standing right next to him. Yeah, it's like, oh... Yeah, she right there, boy. Let's talk about Cochran here for a minute. Okay. He has got those fucking Star Trek blue eyes again. Oh, yeah, he's lit up. I want these assholes to be filming me. Because <laughs> you'll have those lit up it's blue like, eyes. I have blue eyes. How are they doing it? There must just be flashing lights just right at them. I mean, shit. Yeah, dude, again, even the bad guys and monsters and shit have blue eyes in TOS. Only Kirk doesn't. It's like they yeah. would show Kirk, and it's like, oh, he's, he's got brown eyes, but everyone else. Um, let's see. Uh, did you get this? Uh, Cochran reminded me of Trip. He he did seem like kind of a good old boy engineer. A little bit. I'm not sure. See, I couldn't, I didn't write it down. I'm not sure what it was, but like, just something about his dumb smiling face. Yeah, he was kind of a, uh... Somehow he's good at engines, doesn't seem like he's good at anything else. Right. Yeah. Um, 
anything which produces electricity can be shorted out. I'm not sure that's true. Also, what is producing also, his energy? What is producing the right, blob's exactly. energy? Right, exactly. We know the blob is energy, but what's producing it? I don't think you could just say Judas Goat and leave it at that <laughs> these days. I don't think people no. are real in tune with how livestock are culled. No, f- uh, 50 years ago, I guess you could still just say okay. Judas how Goat. How close to the land were we where uh, here you go, I guess I'm what they used to call a Judas Goat, and everyone <laughs> go, yeah, that's, yep. it's your Persian flaw. That's your Persian flaw right there, that you're a Judas Goat. Yeah, uh, I, I, that was another one I looked up. I went Judas Goat, okay. And then, yeah, perfect Star Trek, totally progressive about race, and then uh, do a shit, shitty scene about this real battle axe of a woman. Yep. I gave uh, best actor in this one to uh, old Jimmy Doohan and uh, worst actor to uh, Never Been Kissed Nancy. Yep. It wasn't good. Yeah. She wasn't good. I mean, like, she wasn't written to be good, so I don't know how much of it is her fault, but she didn't save it, so. Yeah. What are um, you going to do? Everyone else was doing their characters. Did we mention characterization got a six from uh, Ben? Oh, he did six. give it a six? Yeah, got a six from Ben. Yeah. he. Uh, you guys like this one more than me. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, and we we really liked uh, Jimmy seeing Jimmy doing in charge. I did too. He needs to get his own ship. He's better at that than being a weird chivalrous guy who is always fighting super powerful entities. On behalf of women who don't seem that Are, interesting. The, don't seem like they're into him. Frankly, yeah, they don't. They don't want any. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's one more, right? We got to do one more. Last week the winner was Deep Space Nine, Woo. and this week we watched Blood Oath. Spoiler alert, I enjoyed watching this DS9 very much, and it scored very badly. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right, uh, there's a Klingon. that He's been monopolizing the Hollow Suite all day, just fighting the same battle over and over again, and Quark needs Odo's help to get this guy removed post-haste. So Odo uses his vast knowledge of Klingons, acquired somehow, to talk the guy down uh, and get him into a holding cell because he's drunk as a skunk. He goes to the uh, ops. I guess I was going to say the bridge. He goes to ops to, and he's just talking shit about the guy. And he's like, yeah, he said he was core of the uh, Dahar Master core or whatever. And that perks up Dax. Yeah. Also, she knows he, this old boy. He's already, he's already seen Dahar Master Koloth too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Koloth came in. It was Koloth is Kor's buddy, and he came in to. I guess he thought about getting him out of jail. Then he saw he was drunk, so decided to leave him there. Uh, anyway, Dax is old buddies with Kor. She's like, hey, was Kang there? And he's like, nah, I met some dude named Koloth. And she's like, ah, oh, okay. I gotta go do a thing. So she goes down and talks to Kor. They're old buddies from when she was the Curzon. You know, yep. the great Curzon. Yeah, what was Curzon, Dax? Uh, I believe he's been described as um, syphilis of the mind, but a great hang. What? Is that, wasn't that what Cisco said about him? Something I don't think he said syphilis of the mind, (laughs) but I love it. (laughs) I just, he's some kind of uh, cancer, but just really, just a solid dude, you know? Really the worst guy. Probably would rape you, but... Just excellent. I mean, he just for sure really... was banging that dude's wife on yeah, that just... during that civil war on civil planet civil war. He was definitely hitting that general's wife. Yeah. Um. 
So she knows these Klingons from the Curzon days. I guess Curzon was some kind of diplomat to uh, to the Klingon Empire on behalf of the Federation, and he yeah putting done... this stuff all together after Praxis, I guess. Yeah, he done signed as uh, signed. He done swore a blood oath. He he signed a seven year blood oath. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth a certain amount of money. He had an option. Yep, the uh, pl- player option for year eight. Um. He he was blood brothers with these old dudes, but then there was a guy, an, an albino guy, who killed... You, you might know him as the albino. They don't give bother to give him a name. No, there's a lot that doesn't happen in this episode that seems like it would be important. Um, the albino killed Kang's son, and that was Curzon's godson. Killed all their sons. Yeah. Got them all. Kang's the only one who seems really worried about it. You know? Well, he's not a drunk like Kor. <laughs> Core seems to have taken it the hardest, by the way, is my guess. Yeah. So they're all here, including Kang. They're on the station. Um, are they on the station because the the albinos somehow near the station, or because they thought Curzon was on the station? Yeah, boy, it seems like they somehow did half a research, and <laughs> they, they were saw like, Dax was there. "Got it, got it." Dax is on DS Nine, but they didn't Wait, know it what? wasn't the right Dax. That's embarrassing, right? Well, he's dead. It's like in whatever Klingon database, there's like forwarding information. Like f- yeah. it forwards them from Curzon Dax to Jadzia Dax, yeah. and they just like weren't paying attention. It's not good. Uh, anyway, they show up there because they f- they know where the albino is, and they're gonna get revenge. But guess what, Dax? You're not invited because you're uh, not Curzon. You're you're a lady now. And even more than that, um, turns out Kang is planning on dying out on this expedition, which Jedzia finds out about later. He, anyway, he drops some hints, but she doesn't pick up on him right away. Yeah, she's got to uh, talk to Kira real quick on the bridge right at the science station there. She's got to go do a how many people did you kill with Kira? She's got to ask her in front of all their work friends how many people she killed. Hey, you used to do murders, right? How many murders have you done in your life, if you had to guess? And I'm talking about, like, anything goes here. Like, is it a double from the future? Is it a clone that wasn't allowed to be? Was it just some Cardassian? That's right. Any, any kind of murder. Any all kind murders. of murder counts in this question. And Kira's real cool about it. She just talks to her right there at work in front of all their work buddies about all the murders. Because uh, Dax feels like she's got, she's just got to go on this um, revenge mission to kill the albino to, for her godson or whatever. And to honor her blood oath. Well, Kira's a snitch. She done told Cisco about it. And Cisco now knows what she's going to do on her PTO. Yep. That she said she was just going to hang out and maybe go to the mall. But in reality, she's going to go do a commando murder raid. Uh, he half-heartedly tries to talk her out of it. Anyway, she convinces him that she should be allowed to go by, like, uh, I don't know, beating up Koloff? No, getting beat up. She got beat up by Koloff. They have a Batleth fight on the holodeck. And they're like, alright, yeah, you can come along on the murder mission. Um, she has to convince them, each of them in a different way, that she's going to be part of this expedition. Yeah, like, but she shames Kor. She shames Kor, she Batleths she, with Koloth, and then she makes Kang angry. Yeah, she gets Kang all angry, and he's like, fine, come and be damned, or whatever. Uh, then they're like planning the, the raid on the way there. Seems like they should have planned it before, but nah, they're just going to wing it on the way there. Probably because their plan, it turns out, is just to rush the damn place. Yeah. 
And that's, uh, they're like, nah, we'll just rush through the front door, it'll be glorious, we're Klingons, this is gonna be fucking badass. Right, Kang, it turns out, has made a deal with the albino, and it's a bad deal, and he should know it's a bad deal. But he's gonna do it anyway, because I think he thinks it's his only shot, and also, he's getting old? Yeah, they're all hella old, Uh, apparently they haven't been together in 81 years. At least they haven't seen Curzon in... Right, Curzon ain't seen the ain't seen these other three in eighty one years. It's a fucking long time. It I don't know how long it Klingons doesn't make live. sense. How long do trills like how, how long did Curzon, Curzon live? Yeah, Curzon lived a long time, and these Klingons have lived a long time. Yeah. Um So yeah, they're old as shit, and uh, yeah, this is his best shot or whatever. So Dax is like, ah, so you were just planning to die. She convinces him maybe they can make a go of it. They'll use some strategeries, and they'll overcome the albino's army. Of whatever. Nothing is explained about the albino. We'll get into it. Um, yeah. They get to the point. Uh, by the way, even whether he's a Klingon or not. I don't know what he is. He's not a Klingon. He, I, I mean, mean he's got a fucked very, up head, but it doesn't look exactly Klingon. Thing. But is but that because he, he's an albino? He doesn't look very Klingon. And then he refers to them as those Klingons. Yeah. So, I mean, that seems to indicate that he's something else, but we don't know. Like, by the way, is it possible that that whole race of, that whole species is just called albinos? Yeah, I don't know. It's possible, right? You you don't know for sure that it's not true because we get nothing. Yeah. Well, again, I will I will get into it. Uh, They get there. It's gone. It's commando raid time. They got some tricks up their sleeve. Uh, They like turn off all the weapons. They make it so nobody's energy weapons going to work. So it's got to be hand to hand, and that favors them because they're Dahar masters or whatever. Right. Although Um, he does tell them to fix bayonets. Yes. So at least they, oh, they have some provision for it. Yeah, they're capable of fighting, but they're just, um... Oh God, I don't have so much to say about this. They look to just be, uh... Humans, humans in motocross helmets. In again. big helmets, so you can't see the top of their heads. So, I don't know, maybe they're aliens. Um... Uh, eventually, uh, Koloth gets stabbed and dies. Uh, it comes down to a fight between, uh, Kang and, uh, the albino. Yep. And the albino stabs Kang, but then... And his bayonet breaks, too. Yeah. His bath, batleth breaks, I mean. And, uh, but Dax is there to, to save the day. She's got the guy dead to rights, and he drops his weapon and everything. But then Dax is thinking about all the stuff she talked about with Kira or whatever, about, like, like killing's not nice or whatever. Because she can't do it. She can't land the final stroke on this dude. And just as it looks like this dude's gonna, like, I don't know, take the weapon from her or whatever, Kang, uh, Kang stabs the dude from his knees or whatever. Right. So he dies. They chat a bit. Kang dies. Koloth also is dead. Koloth died when he was stabbed earlier. Um, so it's just her and Kor. But they won the day or whatever. Then Dex just goes back, uh, back home and goes back to work and acts like nothing happened. Um, though Kira knows. Yeah. And Cisco, presumably. <laughs> Cisco got tipped off. Anyway, what do you think? What was this one? Yeah, this is like, uh, first of all, it's not obvious what this is. So uh, this take is very cooked, and I fully admit that. Uh, The hardest part of a debt is not what you owe to others. It's the weight of it on your own soul. It's not really um, widely applicable. Yeah, it's very specific. And not in any way a science fiction take. So what I mean, you're saying no, is so, they felt so uh, they felt the burden of this chase. Well, Dax certainly did, yeah. but I think Kang also. So like, 
nobody expects or even really wants Jadzia to take Curzon's place on this quest. Like, the Klingons make it clear that she doesn't have any obligation to them. Right. And in her talks with Kira, it becomes clear that this is outside of normal Trill custom. Yeah. Well, Kang says as much, too. Even Kang knows. He's yeah. like, hey, I know from when we were buddies that you always said that, like, this wasn't supposed to transfer from host yeah. to host. It's nice that they have a policy, by the way. Uh, and Kira and Cisco both think uh, she shouldn't do it. Like, in the end, it's clear that uh, this is entirely her own. Mm-hmm. Like, she just can't not... She can't live with herself if she doesn't do it. So, that's the take. This is a, yeah. That's what sucks about being in debt. Is the It's your own... The weight of it. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that explains Kang why Kang takes too. this bum yeah. fucking deal. Because he, he, the way he tells her about it, he's kind of like, he's like, yeah, I talked to the guy. Like, what? Your arch enemy, the albino? Yeah, so I went to spy on him. He knew, he I, knew was I was there. there he's and... like, hey, come and fight me. I got, I got some dudes. It'll be glorious. Let's have a fight to the finish. And it's like, yeah, Kang should know that this dude is not. He's not on trustworthy. Level. He's not on the he level. He used poison to kill his son, so yeah. the dude is without honor. But he, he, the way he's explaining is kind of like, you know, I just said, yeah. I said, like, sure. I just, I have to, I need to take I'm this like shot. I'm like 500, like, I, I just, it's time. It's time to do this thing. Now, he killed my kid like 90 years ago now. I so don't even like, remember that kid. I don't even know why I'm doing this other than that. I, if I think his I name was also Kang. Did I just forget his name? <laughs> yeah, did I, did I really name him Kang Jr. or just I only remember my own name now? <laughs> uh, it's I like a... uh, Koloth and Kor are old. <laughs> we gotta do this now. Koloth looked like a silly old man. Um, uh, it's, uh, this is a, it's a four. I mean, it's like... I think that is what sucks about owing someone something, unless you've become so used to it that, like, I don't know. Like, clearly there are some people who operate and don't feel that way about being in debt to people. Right. Oh, but yeah, I think yeah. That, that, is the, that is the worst part of it, if you're not used to it. Yeah. Uh, I had something similar. I had, uh, I just had loyalty can really lead you to get stuck in some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. I can't, I can't believe that's the real take, but they did such a bad job committing to anything in this episode, so I gave it a two. I think they just wanted to tell a cool story, is really yeah. what it came down to. They're just like, what if we just brought some Klingons, some old Klingons from TOS back, and we just, like, We just did, did a, a commando thing. raid, yeah. Just went at it. Uh, Ben's a six on this one, Whoa. by the way. Honor and loyalty are more important than anything. That's not a surprise. This is his pick of the week. <gasps> Ben's pick of the week? Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek edition correspondent with my pick of the week. Pick of the week. He gives it a seven for execution. Uh, He says they do a pretty good job of small reveals every couple of minutes to keep things interesting. He likes the tie-in with TOS. Uh, It runs at a good pace. Um, They... They kind of went. He thought it was kind of expected that Dax had to prove herself to her old friends, etc. Um, he liked the tense little scene on the bridge at the end. So yeah, he thought this was how violence should be done in Star Trek. So whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, okay. I have a feeling we're gonna be. Uh, me and Ben are gonna be pretty far off on this one. Yeah. What do you have for execution? It is a major weakness that we know nothing about the albino. Like, who he is, who his followers are, followers are, why he has a moon base. Yep. Why he killed the, the dumb Klingon kids. What he does now. 
This all seems like storytelling 101. Like, they couldn't even give him a proper motivation. We literally find out the only backstory they have is that he's a depredator. Yeah, what the fuck is that? That's a person who does depredations. Uh Uh-huh. That's nothing! Uh Uh-huh. That's his entire backstory. Did they mean to say something else? We even see him, and we don't even know what he is. Is he a Klingon? Why is he calling those other guys Klingons if he's a Klingon? Why is he hanging out with a guy who looks like Darmok, but who doesn't talk like that? Uh, You'd think it would be important to know some of this, but they're just like, nah, I don't know. Um, uh, There's a guy, and he's bad, and they gotta go kill him. It is a major weakness that Starfleet officers are allowed to spend their PTO on commando murder raids with Doing their old buddies. Yeah, boy, and um, I don't know. Like, I guess uh, she doesn't even cite the time that Worf went and killed Duras. No, which got As him like, in trouble. The most trouble he ever got in, which was nothing but still. We're doing a Klingon right of vengeance here. Because <sighs> that's what she's doing. Yes. It is a major weakness that Dax got a whole episode to herself. Yeah, that's a big production problem for sure. That being said, Core is fun. That's true. (laughs) Um, Kira was in it a bit, and she hasn't been in it much lately. And she was alright. Yeah. And there was no Bashir. I thought she did a good job of... By the way, she does not tell Dax how many people she killed. (laughs) No. But I got the feeling that she did have a number in her head. Oh, yeah, she thought about it. (laughs) Yeah. She just says too many. So it could have been worse, right? Yeah. Um, But it was still just a three. Okay. Because they didn't do anything. They just did such a bad job creating a story. I'm a little higher than you on this one. Okay. Um, I'm really curious to see the young portrayal of Koloth. Hmm. Because his Klingon is the weirdest of the three. He, I wrote in the notes, I didn't even remember he was a real Klingon in the old one. I and went, I could not stop picturing him as the Squire of Gothos. I just, I said, they found two cool old Klingons, I couldn't find a third. Because Koloth seems like just some like clumsy old man out there. Well, we'll see him in six episodes. He's in the trouble with Tribbles. I, I didn't remember he was the one from that. Yeah. Um, I said they should have just had like Michael Caine or somebody show up to play him. If he was just going to uh, be a silly old man. Anyway, this is the guy also who played the Squire of Gothos, and that's what I kept seeing. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was a good way to do a tie-in with the original series. Because it's like, we've seen relics. Yeah. And that's nothing. Yeah. And uh, and Deep Space Nine is going to go off the fucking deep end. Oh, they're going to do a And do more tribbles. Yeah. And those both are pandering. Yes. But this is bringing back three of Kirk's minor antagonists, mm-hmm. and now the Klingons and the Federation are allies, and it's like, once also once you come to uh, realize how aristocratic and feudalist the Klingons are, it even kind of makes sense that these dudes probably all knew each other. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, you, these are just three dudes who run into Kirk, but it's like, also probably they were the scions of their houses. Mm-hmm. And they probably council together or something. They probably did know each other. Yeah. It is rough that it's Dax that they're working with, but they kind of painted themselves into that corner. Yeah, because I think we already we already knew also that Curzon had 
worked with the Klingons before, I think. Did we know that? I don't know. I knew Or we... that she was a diplomat to yeah. to the Klingons or something. I think we knew that already, but like that is kind of a bummer, but frankly this isn't the worst axe we've seen. No. Um, but that's not really I mean, I guess that's part of execution. Uh, I gave it a five overall. I thought it was a nice idea. I'm, Koloth is a real weird portrayal. Yeah. But uh, maybe he will be like that in The Trouble with Tribbles. We'll see. Yeah, I, I didn't even remember him until I looked it up. So, yeah, we'll have to. And the uh, Kang is from, I think, Errand of Mercy or one of those. And I don't, I don't know which one. I don't know if he's from the one where they shoot Abraham Lincoln or... <laughs> the Klingon ones are weird, so... Uh, I gave it a five. I just, I couldn't even hear anything you said after Abe Lincoln because I just heard <laughs> Charming Negress. He does say that. It's very, it's tough. Uh, Ben is a seven for world building. So let's oh, check man, in he's on this. Into this. Uh, Klingon Federation peace. Uh, Trills being released, released from their oaths. Klingon blood oaths are never broken. He says apparently Klingons live for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Batleth is a stupid weapon, but oh, wait, in close, very tight quarters, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's just that if the bad guys have the opportunity to take two steps back, they're useless. <laughs> right, yes. That does seem to be the case. Well, you can sort of hold it by both ends and do a Duras the way Worf did, but even so, that seems like you probably only get about 30 inches, which is not long for a sword, really. Yeah. Um, I'm not a seven. I'm the standard three. Okay. Uh, trills are not bound by past commitments. Uh, we learned a lot about Batleth construction and specifications. Yeah. Tetrion radiation also disables energy weapons. That's not what Cisco had used against him two weeks ago. Uh, right. I forget what that was. D- duotronic. <laughs> yeah, something else. Duodenum yeah. radiation. Yeah, duodenum radiation for sure. Uh, whatever the hell a Dahar Master is seems to be a big deal. Yeah, well, they don't explain it. So. Uh, in Star Trek Online, that's uh, equivalent to the rank of Fleet Admiral, but I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a, the standard three for world building. Yeah, uh, Clock the Kel Brocht was a legendary battle between Klingons and Romulans almost a century ago. Yep. Odo says it was a victory for the Klingons, but Quark says Kor has been losing it all day, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Well, he's uh, probably pretty drunk. Uh, and maybe he has the difficulty settings turned up too high. That could be it. Yeah, he needs to turn that shit down to easy. He's old now. Um, Klingons do send ships through the wormhole. They typically aren't very interested in exploration, so I wonder what they're up to out there. Yeah. Um, Klingons have a left, and therefore likely a right, Kivon. That is true. Don't <laughs> there is some is. of that. Uh, who is the albino? Why does he have a compound? Why does he have 40 men? He's a depredator. That's it. That's his backstory. Yeah, that is very rough. Like humans that stuff is rough. Helmets. What is this? And is the albino a Klingon? He has some kind of forehead ship, but then he calls the he calls him Klingon filth, so I don't know. I give up. Curzon was a diplomat for the Federation and made nice with the Klingons. Curzon and these Klingons haven't been together in 81 years. How old did Curzon live to be? How old do Klingons live to be? How old is everybody on this shit? Another way of neutralizing energy weapons. It comes up a lot in these episodes, so I say again, I'm curious how this fits into major conflicts. There will be one in this series, so I'd better hear about some people doing this to each other. Yeah, are they going to use some Tetrion weapons against the Jem'Hadar? So that they have to go to hand-to-hand? Does it not work against the Jem'Hadar because they use Polaron weapons instead (laughs) of phasers? (laughs) Right, or would it not be a good idea because they're good with their hand-to-hand weapons? Right, Right. also they do seem to have hand-to-hand weapons, yeah. Yeah. 
But I'm just saying, like, uh, it seems like you can do that. You can just straight up go, no energy weapons today, people. Yeah, but it, it does always seem to be a double-edged sword. Like, it, we're yeah, not going to get to use our too. energy weapons either, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I gave it a four. Okay. I thought there was a lot there. Yeah, there was something there. There just wasn't enough story. How about characterization, which I will say Ben also gave seven points. Ben gave this a total of 27 points, which That's is a, a very high score for this episode. You've never given one uh, Just because right? of uh, Dax's backstory, shit about asking Kira how many people she killed, etc. Have Cisco, you ever given 27? Uh, My maximum score is 26, so no. Okay. But you have given a 31. I remember. I remember well. The one that you gave a 26 on, right? Yes. That is how that happened. Um, Good old measure of a man. That episode just ruled. Um, um, yeah, characterization. Give it to me. Can Core count for characterization since he was on TOS? Uh, well, he was my favorite character in this for sure. Because he was the silly emotional one. Yes. Um, I, I didn't. Also, he's got a real cute round face, and it works very well under that Klingon mate. Like it really comes through. Yeah. Whereas in the old makeup, he looks a little silly. Yeah, when they just put some brown face on him. Because of his and do big round eyebrows. cheeks. Yeah. Uh, but, like, he really cuts through the forehead and nose and uh, big hair. Yeah. Uh, Odo knows enough about Klingons to disarm this first situation with Kor. Odo handles that very well. Why does Odo know so much about Klingons? It's a real good question. I don't really know what's happening. He probably understands them because they also only care about one thing. It's not justice, but it is honor, so he only has to think about one thing. Sure, sure. Dax used to be buddies with these Klingons back in the dumb Curzon days. It's very important to her to avenge the death of her godson, who'd be three times her current age if he had lived. <laughs> yeah. Um, she makes it all about herself, too. Dude kneels over dead in front of her, and the other guy had died a minute before, and she's like, it's never a good day to lose a friend. Jesus, yeah. lady! Oh, you're lonely? Ah, that's too bad. What about your wrestling coach? Go back (laughs) to fucking him. Yeah, just go fuck the guy from Final Fight and it'll be fine. Kira has barely been in this show lately, is bothered by Dax's question about murder, but not as much as she should be. Just starts talking about it right there on the ops. They walk over to the other side of ops, to be honest. They don't do it right in the middle. No, no. the first conversation about her murder, they just sit right at the oh, science station. Oh, she asks, him, asks her the question right there, but yeah. then Kira leads her away. So, the very first question she asks is, how many people did you kill? She, like, takes a beat. She says, too many. They keep talking. It's only when she goes, she, like, goes, why are you asking? Are you planning on murdering someone? And Dax goes, uh, maybe. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, something's down. And then she pulls her aside. But okay. they're having the conversation about murder just sitting there. Like, Dax is sitting and she's standing next to her. Like, how do they know Quark's not going to show up to complain that Cardassian and Voles are in his storeroom again? I mean, like, I just Garrick is just going to walk onto this. the bridge and be like, I see. <laughs> he just walks up there whenever he wants. I just, I wouldn't want anyone to have to. I mean, this is a private conversation. Why do I got to tell everyone on ops? It's right in the bullpen. Um, and again, Kira's also a snitch, we find out. She doesn't, like, keep it, keep it under wraps. She goes to Cisco. Uh, Cisco has a good point. Just because she's, she's on her off day doesn't mean she can in good, con- he can in good conscience let her go commando on an alien planet. But then he doesn't do much to stop her. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a four. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, we're pretty close on this one. I'm a five here. Um... 
I thought it was good, Kira, and decent Cisco, though he should he should either have a better handle on Curzon and know he can't talk her out of this, or he should have some better leverage to use against her. Yeah. Like he's in a weird position where he his friendship is not strong enough either way. Yeah. I don't know. I thought Dax was okay here, and I think that's mostly because this episode isn't a writing nightmare. But she didn't take me out of it at all, and that's pretty good as far as she goes. So, like I said, I, I have it as a five. Um, I have some quick hitters here. Do it. Uh, this is season two, episode 19, and I think this is Kira and Dax's first conversation not about sex. <laughs> it also passes as a Bechtel test, though, right? Uh, it does. It definitely, uh, how straight, many people have you killed is definitely murder. a Bechdel passing conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like the writers just made up any old goddamn thing about Curzon. <laughs> like, oh, he's yeah. a diplomat and a pussy hound. Catch all. And godfather to a Klingon, Cisco's weird old mentor. Mm-hmm. Just like whatever they thought would look weird coming out of little Terry Farrell's mouth this yeah. week. Um, I like her fun, tactical knit sweater look. It, it like pretty silly. Like, okay. Every time they do one of these, there's a moment where she has to be thinking, what am I going to wear to do this murder? And that's what she picked. Well, Worf just picked like um, a slightly different colored turtleneck than Riker chose. So. Yeah, that's true. Hey, these guys have a, a Klingon ship that cloaks, but apparently no crew that's willing to go down and fight. Like, Seems like any Klingon would love to be yeah, a part this of this thing. Yeah, sounds awesome. It's we're, just, got, we're, go we're two Dahar masters, and whatever Kang is, he might be one. Yeah, they I don't the say he is. He probably yeah. is a Dahar master. Uh, on a fucking vengeance quest to kill whatever a depredator is mm-hmm. and a poisoner of yeah. children. And he's got henchmen. And he's in a fortress, be... and he's got guards. Yeah. Like, if there's one other Klingon on that ship, why is he not down on the fucking planet? Yeah, that's right. K- Kang couldn't get anybody to come with him, but the albino has henchmen. So yeah, exactly. I'd like to know what that's about. Uh, and I wish I could believe any of this Dax, Cisco, Kira tension would still exist next week. Yeah, that's right. You know it won't. <laughs> I just know no it's not going to. I know next week she'll just be like the how her portrayal of Enigmatic, which is yeah. bad, but whatever. And uh, Cisco will be normal, and Kira will be uh, probably not in the episode at all, because she seems to only be in about 50% of them. Yeah, she's really not used very much. Despite the fact that she's the only actor on the show. Yeah, she proved she can act a little bit, so they went, ah, get her out of here. We already have Armin Shimmerman. Do we need two? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, also, gave, I don't know if you saw the thumbnail. Next week is the Maquis Part 1. I knew, I, I knew the name the next week was the Maquis Part 1. Okay. So... I would want her to be in it. Yeah. I gave best actor to Core. Sure. I gave worst actor to Dax, but it's actually sure. not that bad this week. I have an acting note about Dax. All right, let's uh, let's have all your quick hitters. Dax somehow blew her first reaction shot <laughs> when she's on the bridge, and what's his name comes up and says that Dahar Master Core was in the holodeck or whatever, and she has this super obvious dumb look on her face like what all right she's already blowing it she's blowing the thing (laughs) um like i said koloff looked really old and sad to me like they couldn't find three cool looking old dudes but i didn't (laughs) again i hadn't realized that he was just in it yeah he's a he's real is the Um, problem 
More assholes who worship at the altar of Curzon Dex. Um, Terry Farrell pronounced that as Iceman instead of Iceman. Yes. But maybe that's just what Dax called him. Maybe she just called him Iceman. <laughs> yep. Always the Iceman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also kind of how she pronounces Batleth. She said Batleth. Yep. So... Um, she also, by the way, I want to say she didn't sound like she knew what 116 centimeters or five centimeter grips looked like. Like it didn't seem natural yeah. coming out of her mouth. Uh, this guy who plays Kang is the same guy who played the techno mage in Babylon five. Um, oh, nice. So he was getting, he was making the sci-fi rounds again in the nineties. Oh man, really? A techno mage. Uh, King just taking shots at our favorite Klingon restaurateur out here, just delivering the spicy takes on DS9. Why you gotta bring that guy into it? <laughs> He's like, oh, Klingons these days, uh, fucking serving serving food to the grandsons of my enemies. And it's like, yep. whoa! <laughs> Hold on, buddy. That guy seems like a cool dude. That dude maybe plays just... the concertina. <laughs> don't <laughs> like, don't maybe be shitty. You should go down there and have a meal and just kind of relax a little bit. Damn. Kang definitely played angry real well in this one. He was very brooding. Um, we know those floozies have to fuck Kor or else they get their pay docked. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, Kor also knows. Yes, he does. He knows. Kor is sad. He's, uh, he's a sad old drunk. And now he's going to be a little bit more... Well, I don't know. Will he be more sad? They got rid of that albino, but now he's, he doesn't have two of his buddies. They got rid of the albino. Uh, he's got that stab pain. wound to recover from. Yeah. They had Bashir look at his weird cough, so well, he'll presumably... come back. We'll see more core. So okay, good. Uh, the Dax stunt double not so very good. Not yeah. so good. Yeah, that is true. Uh, that's all I had for the quick ones. Uh, ben has a couple. Okay. He says uh, Klingons off to a good start. Uh, he has a new theory. Klingons became so warlike because of their long lifespans. Overpopulation led to fierce wars over resources. Yeah, Don't maybe. worry, none they of that's true. They must be fucking old as shit. He asks, do you think the albino Klingon was supposed to be a sort of reverse racism thing? Like a vindication? The white, the bad no, guys are white because guy, I think people guy. really are grossed out by albino. That's the thing. Like it's actually yeah. just perpetuation of a stereotype yeah. that people who are different are evil. I don't like, think that felt good if you were an albino. Having the bad that. guy be an albino seems like it's something out of the Middle Ages. <laughs> and then literally there was nothing else about him that we knew. Yep, that's just all we that know about him. Just that he was an albino. albino. Oh, he's an albino? Got and it. He, and that makes him evil. Probably evil. Probably Ugh. evil, then, since he's an albino. He agreed with you, though. Best actor, core. Worst actor, Dax. Which, you know. yeah. Well, it's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, did, I have did got we, numbers. Did we do it? We did do it? you want numbers? We did a dang thing. We better get the numbers, because we're going long. We are going long. In fifth place, with 18 points. Five okay. points better than last week's loser, uh, by the way. It's not terrible for uh, last place. Voyager with the thaw. Yeah, Scary Clowns. Wasn't good. Scary Clowns is not, we not a good episode. We each gave it a nine. Uh, coming in with fourth place. And by the way, this is a pretty solid score for fourth place. Hmm. DS9 with Blood Oath at 30. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a little bit below their average, but not, uh, not a again, terrible Again, the, the total average has climbed up a little bit. It's up to 32.6. Yeah. So to for fourth place to be a 30 is not... It's not bad at all. I'm sorry, it's 31.18. The Sorry, that's the mode is 32.6. Right. Uh, 31 is the average people care about. So 30 points, pretty good. Dawn, 
from uh, Enterprise. Whoa. In at third place with 31 points. Dude, this is, it's been a while since they've raised their score. Yeah, and made <laughs> up some points on Voyager. I mean, holy shit. Uh, second place this week is TOS Metamorphosis with 35 points. Yep. And the winner for the 13th time is TNG Time Squared, 45 points. Wow. Hey, hey, we liked this one, huh? That's so weird, because going in, all I thought was, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a silly old ride. There but... have been some unexpected wins from TNG. I mean, Data Lore won, right? Data Lore won its week. Do I remember God, that correctly? I hope that was a, like a bad week, because <laughs> that uh, one uh, had some problems. Where? Let me find oh, Data Lore. Where was Data Lore? It's, it's fairly early. Mm, uh, justice the battle hide and keep Monica, that is early. it's week 12 they get by week 12 yeah, yeah it won its week with a 36 with a 36 which is not great but yeah. like it beat the second half of the menagerie for instance yeah um so now uh after 38 weeks tos has 16 wins tng has 13 that gap is really closed uh ds95 voyager 2 enterprise 2 and uh uh, tiebreaker is points. Enterprise is at the bottom, and uh, TNG is, is still way is uh, now eleven points ahead of the original series on points, but fewer wins. But it has three fewer wins. But uh, we have some interesting episodes coming up from okay. a TNG point of view next week in week thirty nine. If you are playing along, you should be watching Journey to Babel. Babel, that's, uh, Babel. That's one of them ones. With some uh, some aliens doing it to each other on the Enterprise, right? Yep. Also, Spock's daddy, Mark Leonard. Yeah. Last time we saw Mark Leonard, we a, liked him. He was a very high-scoring episode. Yeah. Ah, uh, for TNG, the Icarus Factor. Oh, boy. Riker and his dad my... do special karate. Dude, I've been practicing my Ambo Jutsu all week. It's I'm that's such ready. a good... That's so fun to look forward to. I like it. We have, uh, for DS9, the Maquis Part 1. That feels like we are in season finale territory? It is weirdly not. This is a two-parter about ten episodes before the end of the season. Oh, it's a mid-season two-parter. Yeah, it's a it's mid to late. Like, maybe there are six or seven episodes after this. Oh. Not the season end. Okay. Hey, dog for Voyager, Tuvix. Oh, man. <laughs> you're I gonna wonder l- if that's good. You're going to love that episode. I wonder if that's a good episode at all. <laughs> And for Enterprise, we're watching Stigma. Okay. I think I remember Stigma. which one that is. Probably someone is going to get a weird mark that reminds them of Christ. I um, <laughs> Yes, if we're going to play this literal, I believe that's what's going to happen. I think I know which one that is, and that's also a rough one. Uh, is it about how mind-melding is AIDS? Um, po- yeah, po- possibly. Po- I only know about this from reading the German guy's site. He's no. not. He's not thrilled with that development. No, it's not amazing. Marjan and I watched that, uh, I don't know, last year or the year before. And we were like, oh, no. But I haven't seen it. I don't know for sure that that's what this is. Uh, so those are the episodes you should watch. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, our thoughts on those. Next week is an off week. We're not in the middle of any special projects. Not an off uh, week, just like a... Just a mailbag week. Uh, yeah. A, a non-Star Trek week. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so like get your tweets week. in. Get your tweets Feel, in. We that will feels like them. PTO to me. A little bit. Get some time off. It's certainly nice not to have to watch five more Star Treks this weekend. Yeah. All right, everybody. Good job. Way to hang with us on this one. 
Um, thanks again. See you. See you later. Goodbye. So they, they show up and see the dead Picard number two, at which point Pulaski turns around and leaves. Like, <laughs> Just leaving, leaving it to O'Brien. Just like, nah, 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 nah.